2: This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network.
0: Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates.
2: This week's episode of Book Cheat is brought to you by Audible. To get started with Audible, go to audible.com slash bookcheat or text bookcheat to 500 500. Hello and welcome to Book Cheat, the book club podcast where I've read the book so you don't have to. My name is Dave Warnke and as always, we're going to look at a classic this week. And joining me to look at such a classic, it's the Primates boys themselves, Evan Munro-Smith and Matt Stewart. Hello. Hey, how's it going with the Primates boys? Thanks for having us. Yeah. You're also a couple of my prime mates. Oh, Oh, thanks Dave. Is that a pun? It it is, <laughs> it is. Yes. You are a king of puns, man. So much so that you put a podcast that you've been doing for over two years in, and it's been a pun the whole time. Whoa, hiding in plain sight. <laughs> there it is, my favorite place to hide. Was that something that you came up with primates? Did you have a list of things you were going to call it all? Yeah,
1: I had a list, and it was the first name on the list because it's the most obvious one. Yeah, why would you go past that? Yeah, which and then I why got, did you keep going? Well, I had it, and then I well, I don't. Th- <laughs> <laughs> I think I asked our patrons to hit me up with any any um, uh, possible names as well, and. And then I re- kind of regret it because I'm like, um, mm, I'll stick with mine.
2: Yeah. I think you're going to say
1: end up you you being like an asshole? because
2: there's 11 people that said, how about Primer Mates? And you're like, oh, God, it's so obvious.
1: <laughs> I think some, someone did later say on there, oh, you used my suggestion. I'm like, mm, no. But-, <laughs> <laughs> but thank you. Thank you. <laughs> uh, so so people- it probably it is that kind of one where... Probably everyone came up with it. Well, it
2: feels obvious because the concept of the show is uh, it's you watch things with primates in popular culture. Yes. And then you and your second banana here, Evan, mm-hmm. and then often a guest, go through and talk about such things. So you've got your King Kongs, you've got your Simpsons episodes, that I've been on a few of, with, yep. with uh, chimps and the like. That's
1: right, yeah. And, yeah, we've gone through a lot of them. It was funny, it took us so long to get... To king kong
2: that's the first one that came to yeah, my mind like and i knew that obvious. it was like
1: it was one of the yeah we, episode we, 99 or something until covid we'd um had a bit of a hiatus because we did 100 episodes and we were like i oh, we'll have a break for this <laughs> for a while and then uh covid hit and evan and i were just looking for stuff to do so we brought it back and we've been going through the umbrella academy from yeah episode one all the way through to we're about to finish season two because mm. it features a chimpanzee butler, CGI
2: chimp butler, oh. yeah, named Pogo. And is that a main character? Or is it? No, s- not at all. Love that. So, <laughs> are there episodes that go past where Pogo doesn't appear? Uh, Pogo. Several, yes. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Pogo I mean, died in episode. On a, we're on a streak <laughs> at the moment. I don't think we've seen him for like four <laughs> episodes. Come back,
2: Pogo.
1: <laughs> you know, he's around. Know, he's, he's there in spirit. He's in there boys. in spirit. And yeah. one of the, he's in a different time period. One of the Umbrella okay. Academy kids is an ape man. He's had his blood infused with ape, blood. Oh, there you or go. something. Great. We're not really sure if that's true. A serum. Yeah. So, sh- you assume it was. Evan always forgets the ape man. I always no, forgets the ape I, man. I, he's like, what well, is? What about Pogo? Such-
0: he's just a bit buff, you know. He's not. But he, I mean, he's got ap-y. an ape.
1: He, if you see him with his shirt off, he looks like a massive gorilla. You think that
2: anyone yeah. who's buff, matter you like, must have some sort of ape serum? Yeah, probably. <laughs> I, I could never look like that. So neither could they. <laughs> yeah. Hey, this is gonna blow your
1: mind, though, Dave. Uh, we are all apes. What? We're great apes. Yeah. New world, old world. That's monkeys, man. What? We're great apes. The new world and old world are types of monkeys. Oh, okay. See, I didn't even know that. And but I'm at- on primates. <laughs> Well, I'm I'm the amateur primatologist of the show. Right. Evan really just sits in the sidecar and Evan's <laughs> just you know, a on guy
2: who knows an amateur primatologist. <laughs> <laughs> That's how far away you That's are from credibility. <laughs> now, Matt, you've been on many episodes of Book Cheat. In fact, I think I've done about 25 this year, and maybe you've been on about 10 of them. So, thank you so much. You're definitely hey. the MVP, <laughs> most vertical primate um, of this show.
1: That's some film we definitely covered. Oh, yes, but we. Uh, I think this all happened after I said to you, hey, Dave, why didn't you have me on at all last year? <laughs> right. And you, you are, felt guilty. you off for a year and I've overcompensated <laughs> and now you're like, please stop emailing me. I don't want to do this. And I've been working on Evan as well, trying to get him uh, to invite me on a gamey gamey game. And yeah, he's I- not quite as easily... How persuaded Well,
2: it? Evan, here's my pitch to get on gamey gamey game. I just got I got a Nintendo Switch Lite. Oh yeah. And I just bought an Assassin's Creed game that came out 8 years ago. So, <laughs> really with the time remastered apparently. Great. Okay. Oh. Number 3 set during the American Revolution. Oh. You ever Uh, played that one? No, I I haven't
0: played many of the ancestors. I'm
2: enjoying I've never played them before, but I'm enjoying it because it's uh, blending history. So the nerdy part of me is enjoying the read because there's little factoids that you can click on. Edutainment. Yes. And then also you get to stab people in the throat. So
1: (laughs) what a combo. I like because everyone would normally just click through those story parts, but you'd be sitting there with popcorn going, here we go. Now (laughs) now the fun (laughs) begins.
2: Benjamin Franklin (laughs) appears and I'm like, oh, about bloody time. Here (laughs) Who do I get to play? Can I be Abraham Lincoln? (laughs) Yeah, put me in there. <laughs> um, but because that have been on so many times Evan, I've been wanting to get you on for a long time Your first time on here I usually ask first time guests on Book Cheat If they're much of a reader now Or if they've ever been one when they were growing up
0: No, I'm not much of a reader at all um, And I never really was
2: That's cool Because I, I asked because the reason I started the show a couple of years ago Is I'd really fallen away as a young uh, kid And then maybe even mm-hmm. t- early high school I was big bookworm You were a, you're a
1: champion uh, read-a-thon readerthon. Player, weren't you? Yeah, no. (laughs)
2: <laughs> yeah, thing you can be clock that world champion. For reader. You did
0: like the MS Readathon or something like that at school.
1: Did oh, yeah, I did definitely it. would have done that. Yeah,
2: a bunch of that. My mum was yeah. also a children's librarian, so very much into sort of that kind of stuff. Right. But never graduated. Never graduated to <laughs> adults. <laughs> it's the saddest <laughs> story I've ever heard. I remember the book club sort of catalogues we would get at school. Oh, they were fun. Like Lucky Strike, Lucky No. That's is that cigarette <laughs> That's cigarettes. <laughs> um, Lucky Star was maybe yeah, the name of the like club. That. Yeah, and then yeah, I would be I'd be circling books to buy. Somehow that did yeah. make books more
1: exciting. When you bring in consumerism, yeah. that's when books oh, get fun.
2: Look at the colourful I definitely nature.
0: remember that being fun, even though I didn't really have any much interest in books, but um, but there were other things, right? There were extra things that weren't booked. Like there were some toy things, I yeah. think. Yeah, really, that's how they that really
2: got, got you in. A few plush things. That's all like, I was keen on. Like, you know, connector pen sets and stuff like yeah. that. Like, like, get me in there. Or get me that Pens. little that's safe that's also a pencil case.
1: <laughs> yeah, stationary. Fun yeah, stationary. <laughs> that's fun stuff. But it would have been <laughs> branded as Where's Wally or something. Oh, yeah. Book adjacent. Yeah, okay.
2: That's how they get across the line. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's right. Matt, um, every time I have you on the show... You you talk about you love to listen to audio Yes, books. it's so funny to me that people Such still read listener. with their eyes.
1: <laughs> I read with my ears because it is the modern age and I'm a modern man. Um, and I've been uh, <laughs> reading a lot of books with my ears lately. Eyes closed. Let's get a book on. Um, a few of them have been, two uh, about William Buckley, who is, mm. uh, was an escaped English convict in Australia before Melbourne even existed. He escaped and lived in the bush for over three decades uh, with an indigenous tribe on and off. And so I'm listening to a couple of accounts of that, one called Buckley's Hope by Craig Robertson and one called Buckley's Chance by Gary Linnell, who I'm going to meet soon and interview oh. for a show I'm uh, filming at the moment for Stupid Old Studios and C31 called The Beer Pioneer, where I go, each episode I go to a different craft brewery uh, on along the track that William Buckley... <laughs> <laughs> the way walked. he would have wanted it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Honouring him the way he w- he would have certainly wanted this. He'd be very proud of <laughs> yeah, that's right. his legacy. Was
2: he much of a beer drinker? Do you know that?
1: I Well, it's assumed. <laughs> assumed. Uh, not, uh, not a lot is known, but... Right, it but ashamed.
2: it would have been hard to come across. You'd think three decades in the Outback, but maybe he found a way
1: yeah, to ferment something. Exactly. <laughs> so I've been listening to both of those, but also every night going to bed, I've been listening to... Sherlock Holmes: The Definitive Collection, oh. as read by Stephen Fry, that sounds like a good tip. just looking at it now in my app, uh, I'm into the th- up to the third story, and I it was great to listen to you. Uh, you did an episode of this show about his first story, The Scarlet and A Study in study Scarlet. I'm um, up to the third story. Uh, and I'm just looking at it now, it says 60 hours and 59 minutes left of wow. the definitive collection. She's oh. closing in. I've got, a li- I've got a little ways to go. <laughs> Apparently, you wrote a few books about him, Arthur Conan.
2: Yeah, quite a lot. Yeah. I mean, you get that sort of cash cow going. You're not gonna... Well, he did kill him off, and then he thought, no, bring him
1: back. Yeah. I bring him back. You told us all about that on Do Go On. Jeez, we plugged enough things so far. Yeah,
2: that's right. There's a lot of media with us you talking did, out
1: there. You did a special episode. Or a normal episode of Do Go On about On Arthur, Conan Doyle. Arthur Conan Doyle. Yeah, that's right. He believed why in was fairies. there a special one? Uh, I took that. I redacted that. All oh, right, it yeah. was just a regular episode. A regular did I redact it or I? What did I do? I didn't retracted. Re- retracted. Maybe? Thank you. <laughs> no. I'll redact it with some beeps. You're not going to need me to be able to say words too much today, because yeah? they're no, not no. my strong
2: suit. More no. of a listener than a speaker. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, you like to, you do listen to the, the show. I got two of these, one of these, and I use them in that <laughs> ratio. I don't know what he pointed at, but uh' <laughs> <laughs> your imagination. My, my cock and balls. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've also done a report on today's author, and can I just say to you gentlemen, Merry Christmas. Oh, Merry Christmas. Because oh. this is the Book Cheat Annual Christmas Special. Wow. Is this third oh, annual? Exciting. Third annual, yeah. So I've done... I was on the first one, I reckon. So we did Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol.
1: That was when we all became massive dickheads.
2: Oh, yeah, we were <laughs> such big dickheads. We've been
1: on board ever since.
2: Uh, <laughs> and then uh, last year I did Twelfth Night by Shakespeare, which... Is vaguely Christmas adjacent. Mm. And then uh, this year I am doing the Agatha Christie story The Adventure of the Christmas Pudding.
1: Oh, that sounds
2: like fun. Which is a Hercule Poirot mystery. Oh, great. Matt and I are very big fans of the uh, Hercule Poirot. Agatha Christie's Spire is the name of the, sh- the TV show with Sir David Suchet in the lead role. You mm-hmm. got me into
1: it, Dave. I, I used to think it was just an old people show. And then, <laughs> well, maybe it is. Maybe yeah. I'm proving that it is. Yeah. But I, <laughs> ever since I've watched one, I'm like, oh, this is, there's something about it. It's, yeah. it's a bit of I've fun, it's it. relaxing. Oh. Would you recommend it. Absolutely.
2: Yeah, yeah it's, it's it's an easy watch, but then also if you really want to, you can really concentrate and try and work out the mystery, but also you can just let it wash over you. Yeah. It's it's even though they started making it in the late eighties until twenty thirteen. Twenty thirteen. The um it doesn't look outdated at all because it's all set sort of between the twenties and the forties. Sure, right. And they okay. spent and as it w- time went on, they spent more and more money on it. But like yeah. All right. it, that's so smart.
1: I always you know that's I watched a recent the recent uh, TV adaptation of Sherlock Holmes, the English one with... Uh, Benedict, Cumberbatch. Benedict Cumberbatch. And it already looks dated. But yeah. if they said it when it was written, it would still look He'd great. Be like, yeah, great. It still looks good.
0: Yeah, they tried to modernise it and it didn't, didn't go so yeah, well. Yeah, so it's
1: text messages and oh, yeah, things yeah. Text are on screen the screen. And so, yeah. so that would have been almost instantly out of date. <laughs> but people love it. I found it a hard watch, but... Um, <laughs>
2: Fair enough. Mm -hmm. Stick to Poirot. There's many, many episodes over the...
1: Yeah, I should definitely check it out. I love Mystery. Mysteries
0: are
2: great. Yeah, and Agatha Christie... King or Queen of queen the mystery. Of Mysteries. That's right.
1: The, I, the best. I never know. Like, I find Evan hard to recommend things for because he's got weird tastes <laughs> and he might love it or he might hate it and you won't know why. The reason he hates it is going to be <laughs> strange and baffling. I mean, you, it, it does. Yeah.
2: I'm worried because I know you like Fraser or Fraser. He likes oh, Frasier and he likes Weird Al Yankovic
1: <laughs> yes. and he likes Trent Reznor. <laughs> yep.
2: Well, oh, that's the second and third one. Is there are three lines. No, the second and third of that one I could get behind, but Frasier, I missed it. Oh, okay. I, yeah Sorry. I don't I didn't mind Fraser. Yeah, the best part of Fraser is the theme song. Oh. <laughs> then you turn it off.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I love Fraser. I reckon it's a great. No, film.
2: that's fine. That's fine. We show. just once did a primates episode about, it and I was baffled. Yeah, you're oh, such it was a was gnash, it about the so. g- the cooking. Chini? Yeah, yeah. He was
0: on the cooking.
1: You weren't show. on that episode. Maybe I was. I forget that. Yeah, I, I You remember. were because
2: I think I offended you with my confusion. That's it. Yeah, sorry I about that. You blocked it out. Bell. Fair enough.
1: Okay, you blocked it out because it could have been it. You've done so many Fraser-based podcast episodes. That uh, how would you know? We could do a Fraser podcast. Is that? Yeah, maybe
0: that's
2: a bad. Frasing it. the bar. <laughs> yeah, Frasering <laughs> the bar. <laughs> <Frasuring> the bar. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I think that's that's a great idea. Uh, so people suggest that I do these books, and often people feel out of form. And they tell me why. And there's a link in the description to this episode. and Then I'll give you a shout out if I pick the book. This week is slightly different because someone tweeted to me and uh, I just took their idea and run with it. So <laughs> at singing their names on Twitter. Thank you so much for tweeting at book cheat pod about six weeks ago saying, hey, Dave, you should give yourself and all of us a present this year <laughs> by reviewing a Hercule Poirot novel for your Christmas episode. And I said, what a great idea. <laughs> so <laughs> here we are idea. with The Adventure of the Christmas Pudding, which was written by Agatha Christine, first published in the UK by the Collins Crime Club on the 24th of October 1960.
1: Crime Club? Collins Crime Club.
2: Yeah, they published hundreds of books over many decades. And
0: they're all crime
2: themed? Yeah, they are. And apparently when I was looking into this, some of them because uh, they stopped making them in the 90s, are uh, very valuable now. if You can find ah. they have quite interesting co- I was covers. I sure
1: you are going to say racist. Very <laughs> yes. valuable.
2: Yes, they are. I imagine that some of them also are. <laughs> um, so it features one of Agatha Christie's most famous creations, the mentioned Belgian detective Hercule Poirot, who first appeared in The Mysterious Affair at Stiles 40 years earlier in 1920. So this is one of the later oh, right. Poirot adventures. Does he age? He does a bit, but like not, it's not, you know. It's not, it's not s- real time. Not right. real time, yeah, because <laughs> he would be like over 100 by the time this right. one's right. One, set. So. It was old to begin with. Yeah. Right. He was sort of a retired uh, police detective already. Yeah,
0: okay.
1: Have you, lis- uh, sorry, read many of these books? Books. I like. Generally, almost want to ask you if you listen to many of these books. Have you read many of these?
2: I haven't read too many. No. So, my growing up, they were always on my grandmother's shelf. She had a collection of all of them. She was a big fan of Agatha Christie, and it always fascinated me when I was growing up because they'd all be there, you know. And there was, I think, three usually about three books or three stories to one volume, and then there was about twenty-four of them all lined up, and they all had cool covers with like magnifying glasses and yeah. like gloves and stuff like that. That sounds cool. Yeah. <laughs> but they definitely had a distinctive look, and they had pink writing down the side. I, and then when I got older, I read a, a few of those. But I've ne- I've definitely watched more of the TV show, which I've seen <laughs> all of it, than, than read them all. But I did enjoy reading this. Uh, and for people that aren't familiar, the author herself, Agatha Christie, is outsold only by the Bible and Shakespeare, Whoa. and is therefore the best-selling novelist of all time, Whoa. selling an estimated 2 Billion <laughs> copies worldwide. She must be rich! Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, she also led an extremely interesting life herself, and we have made a full Do Go On podcast episode about the time she herself disappeared for 11 days.
0: Huh.
1: That's right.
2: She was a bit mysterious.
1: Yeah. I've seen a, a fictionalised account of that where she... Where, in the story where she went was to this house where she solved a crime... Like one of her characters, <laughs> just fun. in a, in a, a fun, part-time fun concept,
2: yeah. So we always start with uh, the opening line, Evan, to give uh, you a little bit of yeah. a bit of the author's writing before we uh, we go off script here. Great. So this is how the adventure of the Christmas pudding starts. I regret exceedingly," said Monsieur Hercule Poirot. He was interrupted, not rudely interrupted. The interruption was suave, dexterous, persuasive, rather than contradictory. Please don't refuse offhand, Monsieur Poirot. There are grave issues of state. Your cooperation will be appreciated in the highest quarters. And we are off.
1: That's a multi-billion selling author right there. Yeah. Mm,
2: Dexterous. Suave. (laughs) Such
1: a description for an interruption. (laughs) Yeah, I know.
2: Well, Hercule Poirot, the world-famous Belgian detective, is sitting in his art deco apartment at Whitehaven Mansions. The guest he is disappointing is Mr. Jesmond, who's trying to convince Poirot to leave his apartment for Christmas and spend it at a 14th century English manor house called King Lacey's. And they lo- he loves going out many of the, the TV show episodes. He's out in the countryside, always happens to appear at a dinner party. Right. Then there's a murder.
1: Yeah. <laughs> okay. He's, he's the original um, murder she wrote.
2: Oh, yeah, for sure. You, Jessica Fletcher turns up you're like, oh, God, is it me? <laughs> yeah. Am I going to die? No. <laughs>
0: So Jasmine wants him to come over.
2: He wants to go to this manor house. We've heard Poirot was not interested, but Jasmine continues to try and convince the Belgian. In a suave way. Oh, yeah. Dexterous, <laughs> moving around, flipping a coin on his fingers like a magician or something.
1: <laughs> I didn't know. I haven't heard of this guy. Is it Was he in other stories? Jesmond? Jasmine. no. He's not the replacement for uh, Hastings or something?
2: No, this, this is very much just a, a one-off character. It's fresh.
1: Christmas pop-in.
2: Yeah, exactly. Uh, Poirot could enjoy a good old-fashioned English-style Christmas, he says. You'd love that. But I'm not English, counters Poirot. He says, but you'll get to see the snow. And he's like, but I do not like the cold. In fact, these days during winter, he doesn't leave his warm radiators in London. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: Changing tact, Mr. Jesmond explains that King's Lazy has modern radiators and a great hot water system, despite being hundreds of years old. In fact, Poirot might find himself too warm there. <laughs> Poirot says, I very much doubt that. <laughs> he's very specific. Why is he so keen to get him there? Yeah. Does that become clear or is it just one of those... Things? Well, Mr. Jesmond, growing increasingly desperate, he decides to explain the gravity of the situation that he, fa- he finds himself in. And not himself, actually, but the 23-year-old man he's representing who's also in Poirot's house, who hasn't until this point said a word. Mm. The man is a prince from an unnamed country, the only son of a very powerful king, and he's next in line to the throne. He'd come to London a few weeks ago and is due to marry a cousin of the same blood. They very specifically laid that out. Okay. It's like, all right, thanks for mentioning it. Not an adopted cousin. Yeah. <laughs> Just so you know, this is Full legit. yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the wife and cousin-to-be, uh, a well-educated young woman who studied herself at Cambridge. He'd made the journey to England for the wedding. This is the prince, and brought with him many of his f- uh, family's famous jewels to be reset by Cartier. Mm. Oh yeah, mm.
1: he's uh, he's one of the big names in resetting. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> is this uh, Queen Elizabeth and Philip, yeah, an unnamed prince? Yeah, <laughs> Prince can't Philip. Say for yeah. <laughs> privacy reasons, but because they were cousins, weren't they? And remain so, I suppose.
2: Uh, I think yeah, maybe distant cousins though. Right. Mm. I mean, they're all related.
1: Yeah.
2: All those people, Queen Victoria's has Got to keep that bloodline pure. Yeah, I don't, it's, it's such a weird thing, isn't it? Uh, one of the jewels he's, he brought to London was a very, very large and very valuable and very expensive ruby.
1: Ooh, they're the red ones, I reckon. Oh, yeah.
2: Yeah, I know it. <laughs> the prince has not been as conservative as his father would have liked, and he's been living it up in London. He's bought the jewels. He's also brought the family jewels, if you know what I'm saying. Oh, yeah. Right. He's been hanging out with some women and he wasn't exactly discreet. One woman he'd uh, one woman, one woman he'd clearly been trying to impress and when she asked if she could wear the ruby on one of their nights out, he said yes. Ooh, and it was a very valuable, that very expensive ruby. Like a mistake. Such a weird thing to travel with. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just about, to be like, hey, mind.
1: check out what I've got here. They're just flaunting their riches. Family family jewel. What else what so, else <laughs> are they for?
0: Isn't that what they're for?
1: Yeah, I don't know. If
0: you had a ruby, what would you do?
1: Uh, you take it places. If there was any value in it, I'd sell it. Right. I imagine <laughs> there is
2: with this one. There's a lot of value in this one. <laughs> yeah. Well, she wanted to wear it and then gone out to dinner and then she excused herself to powder but her nose. Guy, did
0: you say this guy's getting married?
2: Yeah. Ooh, okay. So that's why it seems... <coughs> it's a little bit dodgy. Yeah. Okay. So you're seeing this woman, she's asked, Hey, can I wear the ruby? He's like, Sure, I'd like to, I want to impress you. She wears it, goes to powder her nose after dinner, but she never came back. She I slipped out another door coming, and went actually. into the night and has not been seen since. Neither has the ruby.
1: Mm. Mm. That's it. I bet you. Because I think on two different Poirot episodes I've seen so far, the culprit was someone wearing a wig. <laughs> <laughs> and I was very frustrated both times. <laughs> like, but I reckon uh, this one, is. this is what's happened again. She's reused the wig thing and it's his wife-to-be. Oh the whole time. Yeah. Ah, right. Pretending to be another woman. Yeah. Because she was on to onto him. Ruby. She was on him and yeah, this right. is the revenge for him flirting and maybe more with another woman.
2: So, at the altar when they're exchanging rings, he looks down and his ring is massive and has a ruby on it and she's like, "It was me all along." <laughs> and then she walks out on yeah. him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But and is arrested. <laughs> yeah. Yeah,
0: exactly. But then she doesn't have the ruby anymore.
2: No, she doesn't have the man or the ruby. But she's got her pride. Okay, yeah.
0: right. That's exactly. what she wanted all along. Yes. Okay, gotcha.
2: Now this whole situation—the real situation—not this wedding thing—was quite convoluted <laughs> yeah. so far. So, uh, giving her a ring to a lady to impress her, she's stolen it. Clearly, been a bit dodgy the whole time, just trying to get get his riches. This yep. puts the prince in a bit of an awkward spot because he can't go to the police because if the story gets out. He's very famous in his country. It will cause a scandal. Why? Right. You're engaged to uh, this lady. Oh, right. Why are you, were you seeing another woman? Yeah. And why do, you, yeah, why do you
1: even have the ruby over there? I mean, yes. surely you can come up with a cover story. I was uh, showing a group of people a ruby and one of them snatched it and ran, you know? That would have been better. Yeah, I reckon he could have come up with something. Yeah, well, could, definitely and, could have gone. Well, and probably even better than what I did. But that was <laughs> the first thing I thought of. So.
2: It's also explained to Poirot that uh, the prince's wife-to-be is a very serious woman and would not stand for it. Yeah, has a big wig collection, <laughs> fake, fake noses. She's a big wig. Yeah, often they uh, put little uh, snippets of, you know, clues for what's going to happen, and that's one of them. Not, not her best clue, to be honest. But they can't sweep it under the rug completely and just pretend it didn't happen because it's a very famous ruby in their country. It's like It basically is part of the crown jewels of their country and with a long history of bloodshed and death related <laughs> oh, to it Jesus. Even. And Poirot goes, bloodshed? Gosh, I hope it doesn't come to that again. And the guy explaining it is like, no, it won't, but it's still a, a you know a grave matter.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So and Poirot does sympathize, but for, from this passage, you really see the kind of people he's used to hanging out with. There's a quote from the book, Poirot looks kindly at the downcast young man and then said it is the time for follies when one is young he said encouragingly and for the ordinary young man it does not matter so much the good papa he pays up the family lawyer he helps to disentangle the inconvenience the young man he learns by experience and all ends for the best you guys growing up did you have your family lawyer (laughs) one call away to get you out of trouble at any time Oh, yeah, obviously
0: you've
1: got the family no. lawyer
2: on speed dial yeah. there.
0: If I was richer, I probably would have. Yeah, probably. Evan's
2: done it again.
1: <laughs> yeah, that is, that is funny that he sort of, you almost feel sorry for him because he can't just get his lawyer on the line. Yeah. and Yeah, it's uh, what a time. Is that just how it was back then? Everyone had a lawyer. Everyone had
2: trouble. Well, Poirot does often mingle with high society. Right.
0: So what's is? Where does Jesmin come into this?
2: He's like a representing. He's like a a fixer sent by the family to sort of try and discreetly find someone like Poirot to solve this case, get the ruby back without any police or media ever finding out about it. So he's sort of like he's. That's why he's discreet and dexterous. Sure, he's just he's like he works for very rich people like this to make things happen. And that's why he's going to Poirot rather than Jap. Yeah, exactly. Because Jap. I mean, who is a another Agatha Christie, he's a, a police detective. Sure, okay. And often uh, Poirot shows him up and then eventually yeah. they become friendlier. But at first, you know, there was like, Stick, stay out of it, you civilian, that kind of thing. Yeah, right. Um,
0: so is Poirot quite wealthy
2: then if he's doing this with these sort of private jobs? Yes, he is quite wealthy, yeah. He lives in a very nice flat in London and has mm-hmm. uh, in the later episodes has a butler and things like oh, that. Oh,
1: right. And you said it was... Uh, Art Deco, so which is now kind of an old-fashioned style, yes, or is it still set back then?
2: Uh, well, this one is actually more around the time in the 1960s when it's set. But, yeah, when he's in that apartment at the time, it is sort of more cutting edge, yeah. <laughs> it's, you know, uh, new architecture and furniture. So I feel sorry for the young prince. Finally, Pyro agrees to go to King's Lacey to join a family for Christmas. But before confirming... Uh, he isn't being deceived by the heaters. He's like, just to confirm, the heaters <laughs> are they really warm? He just saying that. <laughs> we so legit he, on the heaters. So he's going to have have Christmas
0: with the the royal
1: family.
2: No, this? we're not sure at this stage why he's going to go to the countryside. If oh, it's right. not For this the woman
1: who stole the ruby, it feels sort of pointless him going there.
2: Yeah, but so, so it's they n- must
1: have an inkling.
2: Yeah, they've got an inkling, yeah. but they have Agatha Christie hasn't shared that with us yet. We just know that it must have something to do with the ruby. Okay, sure. He disagrees to it, and Mister Jasmine, this fixer says that he'll he'll explain to the family at King's Lacey a backstory as to why Poirot is there because been oh, like I can't just it. turn up at a family you know I'm just a, <laughs> you know a Belgian man hello long lost uncle yeah but he does that every yeah. other week on the series <laughs> but because he, he is highly connected because he's very famous in the okay. in the world he is the most famous detective I
1: think they're often my favourite episodes I haven't seen anywhere near as many as you I'm up to like the third season but I love the ones where he's in the Mediterranean for some reason yeah just I love trying that. to have a holiday and running into people or is it in egypt or is that that's probably
2: yeah i love the in egypt and there's my, one of my favorite ones from the tv shows called murder in mesopotamia because agatha christie's second husband was uh an archaeologist and uh, she would go with him to the digs and help him out and things like that so many of her oh, stories cool. end up being set around that yeah which is very cool so cut to the next chapter and poirot is at the old king lacy mansion a very comfortable 68 degrees 28 degrees celsius Oh, oh, that's, so that's it is pretty warm. Warm for an English Christmas. Almost uncomfortably warm. Yeah. Is that a little too warm, do you think?
1: I think that's too warm. I wouldn't be. That's the heaters or that's the temperature outside?
2: No, that's inside. with yeah, Outside's probably like Tw- four.
1: 23 is what you want to see. Yeah, yeah 23 is pretty good.
2: 28 is cooking.
0: But is that what Poirot likes? How does he feel about this 28 degrees?
2: Oh, it's not. Sorry. It's 68 degrees Fahrenheit or 20 degrees Celsius. Right. Oh,
1: 20. Oh, that's all right.
2: Yeah, that's okay.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's okay. 20, yeah. I'd say 20 is pretty good, up to 23. That's sort of the range you want to be in. Yeah. Maybe yeah. 18 to 23, somewhere in there. <laughs> <laughs> I used to work in heating and cooling. Yeah, we can, uh, tell. Uh, we we can tell, tell. So you can probably... You got the lingo. I used to find <laughs> it so funny there'd be people who want their heating system to be able to heat to 28 degrees. That would happen a lot. And they'd want their cooling to get it down to 18 degrees or lower. And you're like... Surely there's one temperature you like. Yeah, don't you Why want Why in the summer well, the do you same? want it to be freezing and in the winter you want it to be boiling?
2: Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. Find a temperature and stick to it. Yeah. <laughs> Never got it. I couldn't, couldn't Couldn't get it. Didn't get it.
1: And if you can't
0: get it.
2: If I can't get professional, it. Professional. Yeah. Is that what you told him? I can't get it. And I no one yeah. can. So put down the phone. Yeah. <laughs> don't. Don't. I, I, I can't help yeah. you. Don't Just ring deal around. with it. Yeah. You're wasting my time. You're wasting your time. <laughs> put on a jumper. All right? Yeah. So Poirot's there at this uh, lovely old 14th century mansion, a real pile of a place. Uh, He has a good chat with Mrs. Lacey, because this is King Lacey uh, mansion, who's very welcoming of her visitor. It seems she's been told that Poirot, being from Belgium, wanted to experience a traditional English Christmas. And through a friend of the family, there was an inn and she said, oh, yeah, we can have him. He can come round. And they happen to have him. Well, she is, but her husband, old Colonel Lacey, is a bit suspicious of this <laughs> foreigner. Uh,
1: maybe because he's about to murder someone. Maybe. Or has stolen the ruby. But they know they
0: know who he is, right? They Because he's famous? He's
2: world famous. He That's the confusing wo- yes, thing has, sometimes. Yes, he's world famous, but still at this time especially in the earlier episodes, they're very suspicious of foreign people, especially uh, during the ones that are set uh, after the First World War and before the Second World War. They're very suspicious of people from uh, the continent. Right.
1: What was Belgium's role again in in the wars? Uh, (laughs) Being invaded. Yeah. Well, pretty suspicious.
2: (laughs) (laughs) But because he he speaks with his his accent, people often mistake him for being French, and he says, no, no, I am Belgian. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Frequently having to say that. French were also allies of the British.
2: Yeah, that's right. So, but no, they're just, you know, they were a bit more racist back then. Let's not dance around that. Yeah. Even Jesus more strange. racist. Yeah. He's a strange old man. I can understand this. Suspicion. Yeah, so if you've got a family Christmas, and this colonel, apparently he's the one that drives the Christmas he loves the trees. He likes it to be like, because he's lived in this mansion his whole life, he likes it to be like when he was a kid. Right, right yeah, okay. So I want very, to, go to this Christmas now. Very traditional. For Evan, can you describe, because it's obviously the
1: books were written before there was any TV shows or movie adaptations. <laughs> can you describe how Christy describes Pyro traditionally? Head like a... Shaped like an egg. <laughs> And a funny little walk. Yeah. I've never read it, obviously, but you've told me a few times. I always enjoy the description. Little things. I'm picturing
2: a moustache. Is that right? Yes, he's got a funny little, my moustaches that he uh, goes with. Yeah, balding. Yeah. A little bit chubby, which is funny because when David Suchet first played the role, he is perfect for it because he does have the egg-shaped head. Mm. Fantastic voice. Love the impression of the uh, Belgian accent. But uh, when he first played it, he had to wear a bit of padding. But then oh. over the time, twenty four years later, as he'd gotten older himself, he no longer had to wear the pattern. <laughs> <laughs> he, he grew into the yeah, role. Yeah, he grew into the role, absolutely. Because he would have been like <laughs> forty when he started and he was nearly, you know, sixty-five by the time he finished.
1: <laughs> and did he tell this story in uh, the sh- in, at the show you went and saw him? In? Yeah,
2: so at the start of the year he did a tour, like a David Suchet in conversation. Ah. Which was very, very cool. And he talked about it. he's played a bunch of different roles, but Poirot was definitely his most famous one. Yeah, yeah
1: executive decision he was wasn't he? Yeah, he was. Ex- he was like the, the
2: bad guy. Uh, uh, terrorist and executive decision with uh, John Leguizamo and Steven Seagal. Ah, and I've he was also
1: it. was he? I think he might have been in uh, Harry and the Hendersons or something like that. Yes,
2: he was. You told me. I actually haven't seen it, but he was definitely
1: in that. Yeah, so I haven't he, seen that either. He's played a few roles. Yeah, I'm googling I, him. He he had to. There's another thing. Dave told me uh, that he to master the weird Poirot walk. <laughs> when he was uh, he, in the early episodes he would walk with a coin between his butt cheeks.
2: Yeah, well that's how he mastered the walk. What? He had he thought if I can walk from one side of the room with the coin in my butt without falling down, then I am uh, the uptight enough for the way this man I moves. I see. Okay. And then that became sort of his gait. Yeah, and then right. he at, at in the live show he did he talked about how he developed the voice. Ah. And he would it was incredible it was incredible. I regret to not going on that show. It was just cool to watch because he would just start out here and you're like, oh, that's it. And then you go, no, nah, this isn't quite it. It's a little bit higher. You go, oh, that's it. And it just kept going <laughs> higher and higher and higher. And then suddenly he was just this amazing voice. And you're like, oh, yeah, that really is very different to yours because he's got a beautiful thing. He's a Shakespearean actor by training. Uh-huh. So, yeah, he Did- can do it all.
0: He is the Poirot. Like when I picture
1: Poirot, that's what I picture. That's feel. the guy. He's the classic. He's the quintessential.
2: Yep. A lot of people have played him over the years, but... He's like the one.
1: Yeah. Is
2: um was the moustache
1: real or a stick on when he played him? Ah, uh, oh, stick on. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Sorry to say, That's a bummer. He probably that would be the maybe the number one question he gets asked. Yeah. Is that real?
2: <laughs> Very good time. So, uh, Poirot's there at the mansion. He's talking to Mrs. Lacey, and she explains who is going to be there at the Christmas. Uh, there's three teenagers. Uh, their grandson Colin and his friend Michael. And then East Bridget, who's all about the same, same age as them. So there's three teenagers, Colin, Michael, and Bridget. Mm-hmm. And they all hang out together and muck around. Uh, there is a cousin, Diana, and her family friend named David Welwyn, who I don't really talk about too much because I did not want to confuse you with too many names. <laughs> and then finally, their other granddaughter, Sarah, who they raised after her father died. Ooh. So she's basically like their daughter. Now, the Lacey grandparents are a bit worried about Sarah. Because she's moved to London and has been living a strange and unusual lifestyle that they're not used to. <laughs> <laughs> like a normal uh, person life, yeah. Well, this is how she describes her granddaughter. Quote, Sarah has got in with what they call the coffee bar set. She won't go to dances or come out properly or be a Deb or anything of that kind. Instead, she has two rather unpleasant rooms in Chelsea down by the river and wears these funny clothes that they like to wear and black stockings or bright green ones. Very thick stockings. So prickly, I always think. And she goes about without washing or combing her hair. Oh, jeez.
1: What is it? This? this is the 60s. Is yeah. It? Yeah, right.
2: So a bit of a bohemian 60s lifestyle. And they're like, what is this rebel yeah. doing? Because um, they're very old school.
0: Yeah, right.
2: That would be like,
1: that feels like a decade where things leapt forward a little bit.
2: Yeah, and they're very much, you know, the old English manor style. Yeah,
1: they'd only ever seen the world in black and white TV. All of a sudden, it's it's technicolour.
0: So far, there's no reason to think any of these people might be the people that stole the ruby. Might be
2: dodgy, maybe.
0: Maybe, I don't know. Yeah, because mm-hmm.
2: well, these mansions
1: do cost a lot to run. That's true. That's right. So even if they look rich, potentially it's all a facade and they need a yeah, ruby. So to... oh, yes, yeah.
2: often in case you'll go there and it turns out that they're living in like one wing of the mansion because the rest of it's falling down around them because, you yeah. know, something that's 600 years old, it's uh, it definitely needs an update to keep it waterproof and things yeah. like that. And they can't afford to power the whole thing, so yeah. they turn yeah. off the electricity. And, and the Luckily, like...
0: they can afford the heating bill.
2: Yeah,
0: uh, <laughs> that's right. But in the old days... Well, unluckily, like... <laughs> because that means Poirot's there. Yeah. If, if only they turned off their heating, yeah. maybe he wouldn't have been swayed to come. Surely,
1: along. yeah, you'd look up this guy. If one of you is the criminal, then surely you're like, oh, there's you always can't a cockiness look up people. as well. How do you look up someone? <laughs> yeah. Where do you look at the Encyclopedia him? Britannica? <laughs> He'd have an entry. But you, I think you'd ask around. And they're introducing yeah. him as a world famous detective. Like he is world famous, you probably don't even have to look him up. Just ask. And then so somebody, potentially one of these people, is a criminal going,
2: ah, shit. (laughs) Yeah, shit, shit. And you'd think, Evan... That if you turned up and you had planned a murder, you'd be like, I'm going to postpone my plans. But often, they go through with it anyway. <laughs> They're like, it's, we've come too far. Yeah. Sunk well, cold. They get arrogant. But are they planning it? Or
0: you know, maybe it's just a crime of passion. Maybe oh, it's okay. something this, that happens. This is true. Nobody
1: wants to get in and
0: murder somebody. It's just it, 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 they don't have any other
1: option, right? Is it always a murder? Because
2: I, I was thinking no. maybe
1: this was just a Ruby uh, recovery. I thought this was is... just about pudding.
2: Yeah, the, the pudding's coming. Don't you worry, Evan. <laughs> Don't worry. We'll get you some pudding.
1: You like pudding, Ev?
2: Yes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we, every Christmas we have my, my nana's recipe for Christmas pudding. Yeah, right. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, it's it's great. But it has suet in it, so not suitable for vegetarians. It's like oh. an animal fat. It's suet. It's difficult to get, but it's just part of the classic, like, decades-old recipe. Right. Um.
2: And do you serve it with a custard or a cream or anything like that? Uh,
1: yeah, yeah, custard,
2: cream, ice cream, any of
1: those. I'll oh. just take uh, custard and ice cream, thanks. <laughs> Often those puddings, I don't know, are my picture in the right ones, the ones that are in a sack and they're just like full of raisins? Oh, there's a sack. Yeah. yeah. There's a sack. Know, you there's...
0: punch the sack, you got to beat up the sack. Yeah, That's the... part of the process. I,
1: don't, I mean, this is one of the most unpleasant foods. <laughs> Fruit cake's the same, basically yeah, the same Yeah, I don't, stuff. I don't like
0: fruit cake, and I, I even just like Christmas pudding. Generally, I don't like, but, but my nana's recipe, right. it's the tastes classic like, recipe, tastes like home. It's, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah it is, it's a very, it's a, it's a nostalgic thing, and it's yeah, I really like it. So yeah, I'm sure. So I'm keen to hear about this pudding. Yeah. Okay, yeah. we're going to get to the get pudding,
2: the, can Dave. Can we get to the pudding? This is like, this is like a Christmas Eve type thing, but the Christmas Day, we're getting to Christmas Day. Okay. It is a very Christmassy. We're it. do ourselves.
1: You're making up for last year's shemazel.
2: Yeah, 12, 12 night <laughs> but these days, people put it on every year. Sort of, it's an annual Shakespeare in the Park type oh. thing during Christmas. But yeah, back in the day, I was reading that they didn't—you know—they didn't necessarily tie it to Christmas as much. So Sarah, she's she's wearing stockings. Can you believe this? Christmas yeah. stockings. Yes, prickly ones. Well, I mean, it is cold, right? Yeah, that makes sense to me. You
0: gotta keep warm. Prickly stockings. But t- I'm,
2: it's so
1: funny that stockings are seen as. Being this you wild rebel. new age thing.
2: What are you doing? Stockings. I So they didn't, classy people didn't wear stockings. Well, not ones like she's wearing, these uh, green ones. Green. Prickly ones. <laughs> yeah. They'd wear a mauve or not Not at all. Yeah, that's right. But to make matters worse, guys, she's been seeing a man that they do not like. A man named Desmond Lee Wortley. Ugh. It, Wortley. Wortley. He has been, uh, so he has a bad reputation for living off wealthy girls who fawn over him. And in one year, Sarah is set to inherit her dead mother's money, and it is a large fortune. Okay, she's twenty around. now, she's can inherit it at twenty-one. Okay. And he's hanging around. And it seems that them telling Sarah that he's no good for her has only furthered her infatuation with the rebel. Yeah, that tends to happen, right? Damn it. When it was organized for Poirot to visit them, they were told that Poirot might also be able to look into Desmond Lee Wortley a bit too use his little grey cells, as he calls them, to uh, see if Desmond is all right. Does he say little grey cells in the book? Not in this one. I was disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, th- they're also, they've welcomed him to Christmas, but they're also trying to get something out of the bargain, which is, hey, you're a, you're a great detective. Can you work out if he's screwing her over somehow? Yeah, right. <laughs> so Mrs. Lacey knows he's no good Desmond, but he has been imp- she has been impressed with how he's been treating his sister She's just gotten out of hospital, so he brought her with him, and she's staying in one of the upstairs bedrooms because there's so many bedrooms in this place. And he takes all her, up all her meals, which Mrs. Lacey sees as very honourable. So she's like, he can't be that bad. I yeah. love a low bar. But
0: yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that shows respect for the family. Yeah, for fam- and
2: family values. Yeah,
0: seems-
1: if, if he is meant to be, in their mind, they think he's just some low dog, then you'd be like, oh,
2: even this low dog... Cares for his family She does seem to be He's alright She does seem to be a grandma Clutching at straw I want to like him So I'll find something Um, We meet Desmond later When he's one on one With Sarah And he's not very nice You can tell from the way He's talking to her He's suspicious of Poirot This foreign detective He's like What the hell's he doing here And uh, what he's up to And he's rude about The family's Christmas traditions Uh, Sarah says He wanted to see An old fashioned English Christmas 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 (laughs) Christmas
3: (laughs) <laughs>
2: that's how we started calling it Christmas on Duke. I'm sure I mispronounced it. <laughs> uh, Desmond laughed scornfully. Such a lot of tripe, that sort of thing. How he can stand it, I don't know. So he's way too cool for Christmas. Yeah. But she's actually quite into it because she gets to hang out with her family.
0: Yeah. It sounds very nice, Christmas at this.
2: Yeah, mansion. I'd like to go. So that's one plot line. Sarah, Desmond and the grandparents. Yeah. The other one concerns our three teenagers, Colin, Michael and Bridget. Whilst walking back from the lake on Christmas Eve, they discussed Poirot and his appearance. I don't see, you know, said Michael thoughtfully, how Monsieur Poirot ever could have been a detective. I don't see how he'd ever be able to disguise himself. I know, said Bridget. And one can't imagine him running about with a microscope and looking for clues or measuring footprints.
1: I can imagine that.
2: (laughs) But they're looking at him going, he's
1: he's "He's this
2: older, older, very distinct looking man. He couldn't go undercover. So they decide that they'd like to make him feel at home by putting on a bit of a show for him. They're going to fake a murder. Oh. You know, normal teenage kid stuff.
0: That's a bit of fun. Oh, that's nice.
2: The plan is Bridget will lie down in the snow and pretend to be dead with a dagger left nearby and they'll leave some fake footprints in the snow so there's a suspect. Uh-huh. Then they'll leave a trail uh, away from it and they'll even have some fake blood to add to the drama. <clears throat> wow! They wonder if Pyro will be annoyed by the prank. Oh, I shouldn't think so," said Bridget with facile optimism. I'm sure he'll understand that we've just done it to entertain him—a sort of Christmas treat.
1: Yeah, I think that's fine.
0: <laughs> I love that Amazon on board with his fake I'm murder. Oh, on board for the fake murder. Good on you, It's harmless fun.
2: Yeah, I, yeah. What could the consequences be? What could possibly go wrong? What could possibly go wrong? Great question. Well, they do decide to do it on boxing. He starts doing an autopsy. Yeah. <laughs> 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 She's so committed. No time to wait.
1: <laughs> Scalpel. No, no, no. Oh, in the snow.
2: some oxygen still leaving the body. Yeah. <laughs> don't worry about that. Yes, yeah, sometimes they scream. Don't worry about that. <laughs> She's hit me in the head. God, I've never seen it like this. But don't worry, that'll soon go. <laughs> I've never completed a, an
1: autopsy where they're still kicking and screaming.
2: <laughs> but I'm not. I'm not giving up now. <laughs> They decide they'll do the prank on Boxing Day rather than Christmas Day as the old colonel and the head of the house takes Christmas Day pretty seriously, like I yeah. said. He'll be offended if they hijack it for a bit of a show. Uh, that night, Hercule Poirot enters his bedroom and he notices an envelope lying on his pillow. He opens it and finds a piece of paper with a shakily printed message in capital letters saying, Don't eat none of the plum pudding. One as wishes you well.
3: Mm.
0: Right, the, so the pudding is poisoned, Maybe it would, it would seem. Someone wants him to think, at least. Or that the...
1: someone wants more pudding. <laughs>
2: <themselves. laughs> they put it on every pillow just, in the just house.
1: Me. <laughs> just, God, don't eat the pudding. In the
2: end, you're like, oh, you're not going to eat that? No. <laughs> Send it over here. <laughs> <laughs> don't eat none of the cream, either. <laughs> so don't eat none of the plum pudding, one as wishes you well. Hercule Poirot stares at it. His eyebrows rise. Cryptic, he murmured. And most unexpected. Yeah. Mm. See
0: yeah, that's interesting because someone knows that the pudding is is, Mm. is poisoned.
2: Who's
1: in on it?
0: Which means but then I wonder who they're telling not to eat are they the one that poisoned it?
1: Ah well yeah, is it is it like a a couple of people have done the poison? And one of them's like, I don't actually want to kill Poirot. He's
0: not Poirot. Yeah, I wonder if Poirot's the target or if someone else is the target, and they just don't want him to to yeah get to, the get friendly get fire.
1: Or so that's not a good use of friendly fire, is it? <laughs>
2: uh,
1: no, <laughs> collateral damage. Yeah, friendly fire yeah. with poison. <laughs>
0: Um, and why – who who has any reason to protect him? Like, no one else has a, a connection to him, you know? That's right. But, um, th- the, he's a stranger to them, right? But the like,
1: thing is, as a famous person, any of them could be a, a fan from afar. He has fan mail sometimes. He has yeah, people right, who love okay. him, so maybe
0: – I guess they do – they're wanting him to get to the bottom of this uh, this Desmond guy, right? So they do have a use for him. They don't – Ah, uh, yeah. They, potentially true. they don't, you know – if.
1: But then who's openly talking about killing him? Why would anyone it's that's confusing. Um Well they're not openly you mean Well, they're open enough to be telling someone who's trying to protect him. What? Who's written the thing?
2: Uh, they, must, they must know or have heard something like how... how the person they, that
0: wrote the note. Yeah, how yeah, do they right. know? Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, okay. Yeah, they, is it a rumour? Are they in on it? And like Matt said, they're getting their feet.
0: Re- yeah, I think they must be in on it, right? That's, that feels... Oh, I don't likely. know.
2: I know. You well, don't have all
0: the information. I think why, we're yeah. going to have to keep going. <laughs> I
2: that's why Agatha Christie is the best. <laughs> hey, book cheaters, just Dave here dropping in to tell you that this week's episode of Book Cheat is brought to you by Audible. Audible, of course, being the leading provider of spoken word entertainment and audiobooks. If you're on the Audible website or on the Audible app, have a look because they've got everything, bestsellers, memoirs, news, business, self-development, of course, classic literature, it's covered. And the way it works is if you're an Audible member like I am, you get a credit every month to pick any title, plus you get two Audible originals as well. And basically, you can listen anywhere you're listening to this podcast. And this month, I use my credit, would you believe, to get The Adventure of the Christmas Pudding by Agatha Christie. That's right. The book that I'm talking about, I listen to on Audible. And it is read by Hugh Fraser, who some of you uh, Poirot heads might know as the actor that plays uh, Captain Arthur Hastings on the TV show. He's got such a great English voice. I love it. He does the accents for the different characters. Not quite as good as uh, Belgian accent as David Suchet, but very passable. And uh, I enjoyed it a lot. It's a lot of fun hearing it. And if you get that one, you get The Adventure of the Christmas Pudding, but it also comes with four or five other Agatha Christie stories. So that will definitely keep you going the whole month. So that's my tip for you. If you'd like to go get started with Audible, you can go to audible.com slash bookcheat or text bookcheat to 500, 500 One more time, go to audible.com slash bookcheat or text bookcheat to 500, 500 And this week's episode of Bookcheat is also brought to you by Acorn TV which is a commercial-free streaming service that's rooted in British television, home to sophisticated and artful storytelling with top-rated mysteries, addicting dramas, heartfelt comedies, and so much more. I am a big, big fan of Acorn TV, and Poirot is on there. And there are so many Poirot mysteries for you to sink your teeth into, including uh, this week's topic, which was adapted under the title of The Theft of the Royal Ruby. So if you'd like to watch this mystery, jump on to Acorn TV and there are so many of my favorites that are available on there. Murder in Mesopotamia, Cards on the Table, Death on the Nile, one of the best all-time episodes. And there's so many other great TV shows on there. So if you'd like to escape to Britain and beyond without leaving your seat, try Acorn TV free for 30 days by going to acorn.tv and then use my promo code bookcheat. That's acorn o c o r n.tv And using the code BOOKCHEAT, you'll get your first 30 days for free.
1: Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together.
2: The next day, Christmas lunch took place. Uh, takes place at 2 p.m. They have a feast including two turkeys. Wow. Between, I think it is something, <laughs> there's only about 10 characters there, so they <laughs> wow. eat a lot of turkey. Uh, then the plum pudding is brought in. Ooh. And Poirot stares at the piece on his uh, plate for a long, long time, <laughs> remembering a note that advised him to avoid it. He is baffled. <laughs> a rare feeling for this detective. Uh, his piece, as far as he can see, is identical to everyone else's. What could have possibly happened to it, he wonders.
0: Yeah, right. Mm.
2: He eventually, because everyone starts eating and says, oh, you want some sauce for it? He goes, yep. Eventually, he has a mouthful. Ooh. Oh. Because of, like, just pressure to yeah, know, everyone, normal. Yeah, everyone's eating. He's like, oh. It's, and it's delicious. And he kept eating because it was so good. Oh, <laughs> oh, no. Poirot is meant to be so smart. <laughs> we then found something in the pudding, which isn't that strange because Christmas puddings traditionally you often have coins like sixpences yes and... we
0: did that my did nanas, nana's have pudding yeah would normally have like a 10 cent or a 20
1: cent piece yeah, or something in there yeah
2: bake into it and like uh, if you find it it's good luck or you're gonna, it's going to be a prosperous year or something yeah
1: right yeah but really you've just had a thing that's been in everyone's pocket that's right. you want to boil
2: and... that down before you put yeah, it I in A toddler probably shut it out at some yeah.
0: point <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't know if my family ever disinfected the coins before putting them in the pudding. Best case
1: scenario, you're, you're eating a thing with disinfectant on it. Yeah. You know? uh-huh. In
2: well, itself, isn't that nice? Well, like, when my family used to do it years ago, my grandfather would put sixpences in, like actual proper old coins. Oh, and right. then I would later found out, you know, still as a kid, I'd be like, I found out that they're quite rare and valuable. You better believe that made me even more keen to try and find it. I want to get this thing and sell it. it the So the, the winner got to keep it or do you just hand
1: it back and then do it again next oh, year?
2: I, as a kid thought, you got to keep it. But I'm pretty sure, you know, there's not many around. So you gave it back to grandpa for next year. <laughs> um, so he eats it and uh, he found something in his uh, pudding. Uh, he finds the, what they call the bachelor's button, meaning that he's going to be a bachelor. Ah. something that he says he's been for many years anyway, and he doesn't he doesn't think that'll change any time oh, so uh. It's an accurate accurate pudding. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> Putting prediction. And then people around the table erupt as they find other items. There's a ring, meaning you could get married. A thimble, meaning Bridget will be an old maid. They tell her, oh, you're going to be an old what maid. A, what a fun tradition. Know, yeah. uh, for this teenage girl to be bullied by the others. <laughs> <laughs> then the old colonel yells, why the hell did someone put glass in my pudding? Oh. I could have swallowed it. He could have killed me, or it could have given me appendicitis. He says, and I think I don't know that if that's how that works. But God bless my soul, he ejaculated. It's a what? red. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's two. He ejaculated in this.
1: Uh, Conan Scott Doyle is that his name?
0: Arthur Conan Arthur
2: Conan Doyle. <laughs> Conan Scott Doyle. Yeah, I don't know. It's
1: What's a good name, I think Conan Scott. Um, <laughs> Arthur Conan Doyle uh, it, uh, ejaculates all the time. It's <laughs> like it happens so often, and the way Stephen Price says he's it,
2: ejaculating it, all over the
1: place. I've, I've, I've had the thought of doing a supercut of every time <laughs> Stephen Fry says he ejaculated. Does he
0: say it knowingly? Like, I does he? Like it feels
1: like he must. It, 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 like it comes out like yeah, like he knows what he's saying. But that is
2: fantastic. Yeah. Oh, uh, that's great. Okay.
1: So it was obviously just an old, used more as an old topic. Yeah,
2: face. for sure. But now people are reading it more. He knows. He
1: a bit. Yeah.
2: yeah. He <laughs> ejaculated, God bless my soul. I could have swallowed it. Poirot examines the glass to see that it is red in color. Oh, hang on. Almost like a ruby. Whoa. Wait, almost or exactly like a <laughs> well. ruby? He looks at it, it's like almost like a ruby, is what the the text says. The conversation moves on as other things are found in the pudding because people are like, Oh, I found this. I found this. And then Poirot quietly pockets the red bit of glass. Ah. Doesn't this
1: really have the vibe of that one was meant for Poirot where the note was referring
0: to? Yeah, that's what it seems like.
1: Mm, Maybe. Or maybe everyone did get that note because someone. No, everyone ate it though. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Well, Surely like, so not everyone
0: would just ignore a note yeah, from no, a stranger.
1: Yeah. Oh, no, they're, an all anonymous, they're all an anonymous, only... ominous note. Yeah,
2: <laughs> They're all eating it out of peer pressure, but everyone's feeling the same thing, like, oh, I don't want to eat this. <laughs> yeah. to eat
1: this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they're all just
2: going, well, yeah. if I die like this, yeah. at least it won't be of embarrassment. Yeah, right. <laughs> and then the first person cracked and it's like, oh, God, we have to eat it now.
1: <laughs> and then they all just die. Yeah,
2: so I'm not sure.
1: But it does feel like, yeah, I don't know. There's something about it that makes it feel like... Uh, Poirot's note feels like it should be lined up with the ruby.
0: Yeah, well, that's the only dangerous thing that... Or they like just the only didn't want him to
2: feel
1: like a bachelor. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't eat the pudding, mate. You get the bachelor and it'll be very embarrassing for you. <laughs> uh, after lunch, Poirot goes into the kitchen. He says you'd like to congratulate the cook, Mrs. Ross, on her, on the fantastic lunch. Oh, that's nice. He asks her about the pudding and she's very happy to be complimented by it. Although the best puddings are made weeks before they're eaten, she says, this one was only made three days ago. Mm. Mrs. Lacey, the uh, head of the household, had ordered one from a store to save Mrs. Ross' time, but she insisted, no, no, I've got to make a homemade one, so I'll make one even though it's only three days' notice. Yeah, right. And she insisted even though they only had the short notice, on keeping the tradition of everyone in the family coming into the kitchen to take it in turns to stir the pudding mixture.
0: Oh, it's so like, everyone had the opportunity yes. to slip something uh, in. Yeah, so it's, that's that's a, a, good, a great setup. Yeah, because so, yeah. so, apparently it is a
2: good luck thing. You stir the pudding. Yeah. Everyone has a go. Yeah,
0: right. So In my family, we punch the, we, the puddings in a bag and we, we, we each punch the pudding. That's because... More violent,
1: I suppose. Evan grew up in Frankston. Which is, <laughs> things are a little different down there.
2: <laughs> yeah, everyone has a, has a, has a yeah. side everyone swipe at the Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> There's mixture everywhere.
1: <laughs> it was the main streets of Frankston in the 80s and 90s. It wasn't the beach, beautiful beachside suburb it is there. No,
0: it's quite nice now, yeah. It's I don't weird. think we could afford a house. Like I now. drove through
1: it on the way back from a Peninsula trip last week and yeah. I was just like... This is it's wild, Frankston. How but it's, it's changed,
0: a, but it's a town of two sides, right? Like it's, the, I think Frankston – this. This is going back a while now, but Frankston was the I think the municipality with the greatest difference between the most expensive houses uh-huh. and the cheapest houses. Oh, okay, yeah, right. even so it's then, the, the biggest. It's the
1: classic wrong side of the tracks kind of subject. Yeah, there.
0: exactly. Yeah, totally. Yeah, and there's tracks, and it is. Which side were you on? Well, we we were south of we were Frankston South, which is. Or like Mount Eliza is where I grew up, yeah. so um, we were we were like the, we, the more affluent. Oh
1: uh, no, I really wanted uh, to have a friend <laughs> from the wrong side of yeah, the track. Sorry. You were hoping for a battle. Yeah. Uh,
0: sorry, no, we we lived down sort of near the beach in Mount Eliza.
1: Because <laughs> I, I, I kind of grew up in a like a more moderate version of that. I was on the wrong side of the ho- Nepean Highway. Right, <laughs> <laughs> the <a> Great Divide, <laughs> the Moravian side. The other side of it is East Brighton. You go further to Brighton, which is like um, very famously pretty, affluent. Yeah, yeah um but yeah I'd, it's interesting they were different suburbs i guess it's, it's the classic thing where there's a train track i think the simpsons use it sometimes <laughs> where it's like the weather changes when you cross <laughs> the
2: sub. one side's sunny the other okay. one's stormy <laughs> like they can somehow control the weather i love it so they all st- stirred the pudding mixture and everyone had a crack like you said evan this is a quote from the book the young gentleman miss Bridget." And the London gentleman who's staying here and his sister and Mr. David and Miss Diana, Mrs. Middleton, I should say, all had a stir they did. Jeez. So they all went through and had a go. So they've all had access to this pudding like this you would were have saying. This been a COVID nightmare. Oh, no. <laughs> it's BYO spoon these days. <laughs> she also tells Poirot that she made four puddings, two larger ones and two smaller ones. The smaller ones were for Mr. and Mrs. Lacey after everyone's left. Sort of in the oh. January period that they can
1: enjoy oh, at okay. their own
2: leisure. That's because
1: nice. so they would be the ones that taste the best. Because yeah, they're going like to be said. there for for weeks. Yeah, it's like oh, a right, like yeah. a bottle of wine sort of thing. Mm. If you wanted to really settle or whatever <laughs> wine does. <laughs> yeah. a- Age, ferment. No, yeah, yeah. ferment. Fement? I think the fermenting's done already. Yeah, I assume that happened earlier. So did you say there's four? Yeah,
2: there's two smaller ones and two larger ones. One for Christmas Day and then one for New Year's Day. Oh, uh, okay. But you never believe this There was an accident on Christmas morning And the Christmas pudding smashed oh, So Mrs no. Ross had to use the New Year's Day pudding instead And hope that no one would notice okay. Well I mean there's no difference between
1: them Apart from well, maybe the bits and pieces inside of them
2: Yeah I oh, know The difference is uh, there's a mould with like a, a Christmas oh, right. wreath oh, so on top it of it look different Yeah they look different yeah, But right. you know they taste the same But then you're right They've got different things, in but that also I I didn't consider this. How did how do they
1: cut it up so each piece has one of the things in them?
2: I think there's just so many different bits right. in there. Yeah, just just luck just, of the draw. Yeah, luck right? of the draw. Some right. people might not get anything, and yeah. other people might. Get. <laughs> Imagine you got everything. <laughs> I'm going to be a maid. I'm going to be a bachelor. <laughs> I've got the ring. I'm getting married. <laughs> That's a roller
1: coaster. Is it a coincidence that uh, it was gender appropriate that Poirot got and Sarah got?
2: Yeah, I think that, that is just a coincidence. Right.
1: So some years Poirot might get
2: the, He's the old, old maid. maid
1: and that's, they'll go, ha,
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, they might laugh at that and go, that's not the right thing for you. <laughs> That'd be funny. Uh, the final comment she makes is about Desmond Lee Wortley, the bad boy that is dating Mrs. Lacey's granddaughter. She says, quote, It's sad that his sister is so poorly. Had an operation she had. She seemed all right the first day she was here, but that very day, after we'd been stirring the puddings, she was took bad again, and she's been in bed ever since. Got up too soon after her operation, I expect. Uh, Doctors nowadays, they have you out of hospital hospital before you can hardly stand on your feet. Why? My very own nephew's wife, dot, 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 and this is still from the book, and Mrs. Ross went into a long and spirited tale of hospital treatment as accorded (laughs) to her relations, comparing it unfavorably with the consideration that had been lavished upon them in older times. I love that because it implies the story was so boring that (laughs) Agatha Christie couldn't even be bothered to write it down. It's kind of like, insert an old waffling story here.
0: You get the gist. Yeah. Yada,
2: just imagine yada, yada, Yeah, like she keeps talking, we just get into Poirot's mind. He starts thinking about something else. He's not listening, just nodding.
1: <laughs> That's the scene from The Simpsons where Flanders is talking about cider.
2: Yeah. If it's Tang and Brown, you're in cider town. <laughs> Clear and Brown, you got juice it? Tang and Brown. Clear and Yellow, yellow. you got juice there, fella. It's Tang, Tang and Brown, man, you're, you're in cider town.
0: town. <laughs> so so is it, it's Desmond's sister? Is yes. this what we're talking about? So she, and she she hasn't been sort of heard from
2: No, she's so sick that she's bedridden.
0: Yeah, right. That's
1: it could be suspicious. Maybe. Oh, did, oh and he's always taking meals up. Oh, wait, why is that suspicious? I don't know. Just <laughs> like if she's it's... dead and he's going in there to he's slowly embalm her or something. Oh, oh, no, that... oh he's just... having seconds, yeah. Yes. He's the one that wanted more pudding. <laughs> oh, especially if he knew the ruby was in there. He's like, I'll, take, I'll take more servings of pudding up to my yeah. definitely real <laughs> <Yeah>. sister. <laughs> I'll take ten
2: servings of pudding. He brings them back down. She didn't like those ones. Can I have this one? <laughs>
1: <laughs> it just looks like you've sort of... Put your hand through it. <laughs> Picked
2: out a, a little <laughs> symbol. Thimble. So that night, which is still Christmas night, Poirot goes to bed. Well, he gets into bed, but he doesn't sleep. He just lies there for two hours mm-hmm. waiting. That's suspicious. Waiting. Mm. Okay. And eventually his patience is rewarded as someone sneaks quietly into his room. Whoa. Oh, he knew he was waiting. Yes, he decided to do this after our bad boy Desmond Lee Wortley handed him a cup of coffee that night, which Poirot was suspicious of. So he slipped it to another guest, David, who is a bit highly strung. So Poirot doesn't feel guilty about him sleeping a bit more soundly than usual. Oh, he knew. Oh, he oh, thought it so
1: was sus on oh, it, and he he thought, why is this? Pills. Why
2: is this? You know, usually rough man insisting that I have this coffee. That's a bit weird. Coffee so, feels like the worst thing to put sleep pills
0: in. It can is itself,
2: and so you just feel completely normal.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. He is, yes, Okay, so he knew the he, coffee was... He thought, I, was uh, I
2: was assuming it was poison, and he yeah, just
0: passed
1: it off. But, but don't worry, he's
2: highly strung, so I don't care if he dies. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's right. He's a, real, he's a real ball, this guy. <laughs> so Poirot, he, he had a hunch. He thought, that's a bit weird. I'll go to bed tonight, and I'll see if anything weird happens. And it does. Desmond... Sneaks into his room as Poirot is asleep, or pretending to be asleep, mm-hmm. and he searches his room, but Desmond clearly can't find anything. First, he's in the drawers, then he's in Did the he bedside s- table. See him getting that red glass, maybe. Yeah, because right. Poirot's thinking that everyone else got distracted, but if you were a ruby thief, you'd right. keep your eye on what, what what's happening to it, and Pyro just quietly put it in his pocket. Is this
0: are we, is this supposed to be the whole ruby, or is this like a shard of ruby?
2: No, this is the it's big, it's the very whole thing. Big. Right? Yeah. Okay, and it's very valuable. Yeah,
1: yeah. And what? So, why? If he, so we thinking he might have been the guy who stole the ruby. Then how did it end up in the
2: pudding? That's a good question.
0: That's 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 just a mystery. you am afraid know. the story ends there.
2: Go <laughs> <laughs> oh! So, uh, Poirot pretends to be asleep. Desmond searches his room. He's in, you know in the drawers, in the cupboard, uh, searching the bedside table. Eventually he gives up, and after Desmond leaves, Pyro says to himself, You have a disappointment. Yes, yes, a serious disappointment. Bah! to imagine even that Hercule Poirot would hide something where you could find it. So (laughs) so he has hidden it, but he's like, mate, you're going to have to get up pretty early if you're going to find my hiding spot. It's in his butt, almost definitely in his butt. (laughs) He has to
1: pretend to be asleep while he's being examined. So in the TV adaptation, it wasn't a coin between his butt cheeks after all. The entire red ruby.
0: (laughs) So, So Poirot is there to get the ruby mm. he happens upon the ruby yeah, so End easily. Of case closed end of story but it but he's he's still there like he's still hanging oh, around right, right. Yeah, and
1: like, is, wait is the prince that he's working for at this thing as well no the prince isn't there so the prince just knew for whatever reason the ruby was going to be somewhere at this party yeah, yeah. i think they they had so a, they knew that someone there was the
2: they prince. had a bit of a hunch so that's why they've sent poirot over there to investigate yeah right. This okay. is
1: pretty high. Uh, what am I trying to say here? Convoluted. I was going to say highfalutin, <laughs> and I <that laughs> took my brain a while to get back around to convoluted.
0: <laughs> it is a bit convoluted, but yeah, Poirot, he's he's there to get the, the ruby. He has the ruby. The ruby he's right? got the ruby back but now, but he, he wants to get to the bottom yeah, of. Yeah, now he's a bit like suspicious? yeah, suspicious. What's who's, going who's on here?
2: Who's who? What's going on here? Yeah, who is this guy? And uh, he was, uh, Poirot was at was awoken the next morning by Colin and Michael, the two of the teenagers, who seemed upset <gasps> and told him to come quickly. Oh. This is <laughs> so Boxing Day morning. Murder. Oh, this will be fun. So Poirot puts on his coat over his pyjamas and follows them outside. The two teenage boys tell him that Bridget is outside in the snow and not moving. There's blood and they think that someone might have killed her. The boys are both snickering to themselves as Poirot sort of approaches the body, <laughs> like, we got him good. Oh, uh, that would not look good initially to Poirot. If you're laughing. (laughs) Uh, At that moment, Desmond Lee Wortley, the bad boy that searched uh, Poirot's room last night, appeared and was shocked to see the girl lying on the ground. He asks, is she okay? And if she's been murdered, because it looks that way. There's blood, there's a dagger there. Yeah. Uh, And Poirot confirms that, yeah, it looks that way. Meanwhile, the teenage boys start chatting to each other quietly. Good old Bridget, whispered Colin, isn't she wonderful? Not a twitch. Oh, no. I've never seen anything look so dead as Bridget does. Oh, no. Whispered, no. Michael. Oh, no. Oh, no. Poirot interrupts them and says, they must go to the police at once. Michael obviously decides the prank has gone far enough and says, all right, I think the jig's up now. <laughs> no. He, he stepped forward. For the first time, he seemed a little unsure of himself. I'm awfully sorry, he said. I, I hope you don't mind too much. It's uh, It was sort of a joke for Christmas and all that. You know, we thought we'd... well." Lay on a murder for you. Poirot is confused to hear this. He asks if they're playing an April Fool on him. (laughs) And he says, if that's the case, why does Bridget not get up? The boys start telling her, all right, get up now. But she doesn't. Then they start to panic a little bit. Poirot gets Desmond Lee Wortley to come over and check her pulse. She hasn't got one. Because she's dead. Oh, no. Poirot says... Someone has turned the comedy into a tragedy. Oh, oh. <laughs> Poirot, it's not the time for a quip, mate. <laughs> Their sisters just died. Yeah. Uh, there is a set. Uh, then he adds, "There is a set of footprints going and returning, a set of footprints that bears a strong resemblance to the footprints you have just made, Mister Lee Wortley, coming from the path to this spot." So there's footprints next to the body, and then Wardley just walked over to do the pulse, and he goes, "Oh, they're the same footprints. Mm, That's weird."
1: Right. I would have thought the other the brothers' footprints would be there. You'd think they would have helped with the blood
0: and yeah, stuff. Yeah, like the, the placed ones. The, the
2: fake yeah, ones. yeah. well, they had fake ones, but then also they've covered up their own footprints oh, oh, to try and frame right. someone, but yeah. then maybe something's happened. Desmond asks why Poirot, what Poirot is accusing him of, and, uh, he says, and Poirot says, well, let's see. Poirot bends down and examines Bridget's lifeless but curled-up hand and it's clutching something. Poirot grabs it out. Desmond Lee Wortley says, it's the damn thing out of the pudding. What, What the ruby? Yes. What? Desmond then reaches down and grabs the ruby out of Bridget's hand and says uh, that evidence like this might go missing and that he'll go inside and telephone the police. What? As he rushes off, his girlfriend, Sarah, arrives on the scene and as she's getting up to speed with the story, they're explaining that what's happened. They hear a car screeching as it takes off down the driveway. It's Desmond. <laughs>
1: And he's got the ruby,
2: and he's done a runner. So wow. wait,
1: so, so Poirot either hid the ruby uh, with that girl, or she came in after he stayed awake, and that other guy left, and then she came in and took it.
0: Maybe I don't. Yeah, I don't know how. Well, how had it end up in her hand. Yeah, that's. That's weird.
1: And how quick, like, those kids would have set up the murder scene, left, and then she would have been murdered instantly. And then they didn't even take the ruby if someone was killing her for the ruby.
0: Yeah. This is very weird.
2: (laughs) Well, so he's driven off. Apparently, he told everyone inside, I've got to call the police, but the phone's dead, so I'll go tell them in person. And then he took off really quickly in the car. As the whole house is now standing over Bridget's body in complete shock, Pyro decides to take them inside and explain everything to them.
0: Oh, so he's got it all worked out.
2: Love what? this part. Of, often at the end of Agatha Christie, he sits everyone down. We're up to the end. And the, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what? And, the, and the camera pans from person to person, and you're like, "Is it her? Is it him? It's him. He was wearing the wig, you know." Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> so uh, he explains about the prince and the ruby, and why he was at the house and at Christmas in the first place. The prince had the jewel stolen, and the lady who took it had to lie low for a while. It was arranged that she could come to King's Lacey, the mansion they're in now, under the guise of being the sister of a clever gentleman uh, who would also be staying there. The sick, so she's the sick, the sick sister girl upstairs. Yeah, all right. She says that she's just out of hospital, but is feeling a lot better when she arrives. But then she hears that Hercule Poirot was also coming to stay. Oh, oh, oh I'm a bit sick again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so she hides the ruby in the first place she can think of as she's being told the news. A dead girl's hand. What <laughs> yeah. in the pudding mixture... Oh no! Because that's when she finds out they all—they're all talking about pyro's Oh, Pyro's coming, and she's like, "Oh my god!" So she hides it, and that's then, not a good spot at no, all. No, 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 no. And then she pretends to be bedridden in case Poirot has been shown a photo of it's her. It's a mansion.
1: There couldn't be like how many places <laughs> could you hide something in a, a, a plant? Uh, in a plant, like under you know, under a roof <laughs>
2: tile. Well, she hid the ruby in the mixture of the New Year's Day pudding. Remember, there's four puddings. Yeah, okay. hoping to grab it after Christmas uh, uh, when Poirot had left. Right. He'll leave on Boxing Day or the 27th. I'll grab that pudding and then I'll and I'll take it away. But as uh, fate yes. would have it, oh, my head was thinking New Year's Day was the day after Christmas. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, you got a whole nearly that a whole week, week. Yeah. Yeah. for Poirot to leave. Be like, bah, I guess I didn't find that ruby." And the Christmas Day pudding, as fate would have it, was ruined, and the New Year's Day pudding had to be eaten, and that's when it turned up in the Colonel's gotcha. slice of the pudding. And obviously Desmond probably saw that and went, "Oh my god." <laughs> he then. This is poor
1: Wait, ex- And then this note, right? So, no, nah, I don't <laughs> there, But so, yeah, one of the one of the yeah. cu- one of that couple has to have written a note, but why? No, that doesn't make any sense for them to have written it, does it? Unless they don't
2: want him to eat and they the don't pudding.
1: know they don't know yet that it's gonna be the New Year's Day pudding. Yeah, they no, they s- they morning. still think it's gonna be in the kitchen for yeah. another six six days or so. So I don't know why they would write that. It's got nothing to do with them at that point. So it's some other this is gonna be a B plot thing somehow. Yeah, the we'll notes.
2: we'll get to the note. We'll get to the okay, note. All right. Poirot, he's explained all this and then he gets the family to look out the window at Bridget's body. But it's gone. <laughs> That's right. She was only pretending to be dead. What? <laughs> Poirot pranked the pranksters Whoa. and Desmond Lee Wortley.
0: Wow.
2: He arranged he heard about the that he was gonna be an April Fool. Oh. He took Bridget aside <laughs> and said, I actually need you to pretend to be dead longer.
1: <laughs> that- how did she do it? So like oh, she was only convincing him who.
2: Yeah, and also she was wearing something on underneath her dress that uh, blocked her pulse oh. from being able to be oh, found. That's why he asked he Desmond got, to check Desmond the pulse. Desmond checked her, her pulse, he needed and he to was like, believe right, that "Oh
0: she was dead."
2: Yeah, because
1: I
0: was like, "Why doesn't Poirot just go check her pulse? Why is he asking someone else to go to?" And oh, Poirot so he,
2: could
1: see find
0: the ruby. Yeah, right.
2: And Poirot also yes. made it look like that Wortley might be a suspect in the murder because of the, the footprints. Yeah, uh-huh. And, of course, if you're like a big jewel thief, you don't want police coming and investigating you at all. Even if you're innocent of the murder, you don't want them yes. sniffing around. Yes. So he grabbed the ruby and said, I'm going to the cops, but really he drove away with it.
1: Yeah. what? That's a great ruse. But surely, I mean, I was going to say, surely Poirot didn't put the real ruby there, but he wouldn't have had time to <laughs>
2: get a fake made up. <laughs> That's a good point you make there. Someone says to him, do you mean that you just let the guy get yeah. away with the ruby? Well, the ruby he grabbed was a fake. Oh. What? The, uh, the prince had uh, given Poirot a fake in case he needed to swap it. Oh, at it stage. oh wow. So he had a double that looked very convincing. <laughs> Did they tell you that earlier, or are you like, oh, okay,
1: all no. of a sudden there's a fake? It's at,
2: you, you didn't know. Yeah, you didn't right. know. Uh, Poirot <laughs> had been told he can't go to the police. Remember, he's not allowed to go to the police. Yep. Because it would embarrass the prince. So that's why he let Wortley get away, but he's let him get away with a fake ruby. So when oh, he right. tries to sell it to, you know, dodgy jewel, th- jewel thieves, yep. you know. He's in trouble. He's in trouble with, with that's them. The so he's going to get a bit of justice, Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And as for the pretend sister upstairs, well she appears at the door and is furious that Desmond is left without her and she starts, I reckon she would be. She starts cursing him, being like, He said he'd give me fifty percent of the profits. <laughs> I never should have trusted a crook. Um, so that's <laughs> why would she
1: have done that? Why wouldn't she? Why wouldn't she have just run away? Run away, or still like <laughs> maintain the story? Because she's just owning up when she didn't have
2: to. Yeah, yeah well that's p- true. Yeah. Well, Pyro says I've already ordered a car to take you to the station. Because remember, he can't arrest anyone because no one can. A train the... station. Yeah, train station. So she just gets in a taxi and leaves. Right. Yeah, right. So she gets away with it. The only mystery left for Pyro is who put the note in his room about not eating the pudding.
1: Well, oh, I reckon it's that crusty old general, or whatever, <laughs> for some reason. The well, colonel. Colonel.
2: <laughs> it's that. Uh, so he actually asked them. I've got one question for you. Actually, usually I get to solve all the mysteries, but maybe one of you can help me out. Which one of you wrote the the note? And they're all confused. It's at this point one of the chef's assistants, Annie Bates, sheepishly comes forward and says. Sir, it was me. Oh, did it, Governor. (laughs) I did. Oh, she's speaking. Yeah, you can tell she's (laughs) going to speak like that. She overheard Desmond, the crook, and the girl pretending to be his sister, talking about Poirot and how they have to get rid of him. Uh... He then asked her, where did you put it? And she answered, I put it in the pudding. Annie Bates heard that and thought, there's poison in Poirot's pudding. They're going to poison him. But she also
1: knew that... (laughs) That that there was no Poirot's pudding at that point. She hadn't even cut it up. yet, You'd assume it's not like he had an assigned bit of pudding. Yeah, so no, but she'd was... be
0: assuming the whole pudding is poison. Yeah, but she didn't tell anybody else. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah.
2: but you know, maybe someone will serve it to him and like you know, put uh, a couple of drops of something. Yeah, in there. but okay. he said, he go, where Mr. did Poirot? you put it?
1: I put it in the pudding. In
2: the pudding. Past tense. Yeah, that's right. And I think we've beaten Christy here. <laughs> well, yeah, well, well Poirot does say to her, you've read too many detective stories. <laughs> <laughs> to Annie Bates, which is very, you know, in joker like that. Yeah. He says, uh, thank, well, but you did mean well. You tried to save my life, even though it actually wasn't under threat. He offers to buy anything, any gift she would like from London, and she asks for this uh, special uh, vanity box for makeup. And he says, I'll send it to you. Oh, so she's doing oh, ads nice. in her books now, is she? Yeah. <laughs> what a weird little detail to add in. <laughs> and uh, as, as for the final line or final paragraph of the, the book, this is uh, how it all wraps up. Ah, he said to himself, and now I go. There is nothing more to be done here. A pair of arms slipped around his shoulders unexpectedly. If you will just stand here under the mistletoe, said Bridget, oh. who is, I think, a teenage girl. Oh, the old maid? Yeah. Say, Oh, no. That was no, Sarah. not the old maid. It's the girl that was pretending to be dead in the snow. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. strange. And then there's an asterisk to indicate a break in the chapter. You know how they have those. also called, yeah. I didn't know this, an asterism or a dinkus. No, three <laughs> asterisks. That's called a dinkus. Yeah. Ah. And then the story ends with, Hercule Poirot enjoyed it. He enjoyed it very much. He said to himself that he had a very good Christmas. But it's so soon after oh, the, the the teenage kids, you're like, is what? It? I think <laughs> <laughs> without the asterisk, you'd be like, that's a bit weird. But I think he's thinking about the Christmas experience right. In the overall, right? Okay. Yeah, okay. But yes, yeah, that is the uh, the adventure of the Christmas pudding. Well done. So there was Agatha. a murder, but then it was taken back. <laughs> right. Yeah, right. So that there was wasn't great, a murder great after twist. all. No one died. No one died. And no one really got hurt. And And the ruby returned
0: to the prince. And the Yeah, right, okay. So he so Pyro had the he got the ruby out of the cake, that was the real ruby. He hit it, it was fine. And then he got the fake ruby, and Desmond then he... didn't find it. It no, was okay, great.
2: He put the fake ruby in Bridget's hand, and Desmond grabbed it, ran away with it, thinking, "Great, I've got away with it. I got the ruby." What a happy yeah. end of the story! The rich person <laughs> is
1: still super rich.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. And Pyro... They didn't lose
1: one of their many
2: precious jewels, <laughs> and
1: Pyro probably got paid handsomely.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: And the people who were just trying to steal a ruby to, you know, get by. Yeah, yeah that's
2: right. No. Ah, <laughs>
0: oh. well the. But the the assistant chef got a,
1: she got a, a music uh, box.
2: That's right, music and box. also the uh, the head chef that made the pudding. I should have said earlier, Poirot. After she gave him that information, which she she didn't realise she was giving away all the details of. Oh, there were four puddings, and we broke one, and everyone stirred it. Can you believe that? And then <laughs> including and he even she even name dropped. If you see, it's funny when you go back and read it. The list is, blah blah blah. Desmond Wortley, his sister, and then it keeps going. But like when you're reading at the time, I wasn't like, oh, his sister was there. Yeah. I just thought you gloss over uh, it, but then you think back and And another part is it's uh I do love reading these and talking about it is a lot of fun. But there are other little red herrings that she puts in there uh, throughout that make you think, oh, that could be something. Like at the start, uh Mrs. Lacey, the head of the household, talks about how her, her granddaughter's dating a bad boy and she's like, even in my day, people, you know, the first boyfriend is never any good. She's like, uh, my first boyfriend—I've oh, gone blank on his name. What was it? What was it? I think he's, I can think his last name, but I can't remember his first name. That's odd. And you think, oh, he's got to be in on it somehow. Yeah. That never came back. But there's just these little bits yeah, that you think right. that you're trying to, you know, uh, if if it was Sherlock Holmes in the 20th century, like they're doing. 21st century I should say with Benedict Cumberbatch in my mind there's like all these lists of characters yeah. and yeah, clues right, and you're yeah. trying to tick things off but yeah but it is cool it is when a mind it... palace yeah or... that's right <laughs> it all you know it always comes together sometimes a little bit clunky but i i did enjoy it do you th- do you is it written in
0: such a way that you feel like you could have solved that if you'd studied it if you'd read it over and over and over you could have yeah, worked the... out what the outcome was and this
2: one is a little bit more in that uh, it's a little bit easier in, in the fact that about halfway through Poirot, Desmond breaks into his house, into his bedroom, yes, and you go, oh, he's got to be the dodgy one. Yep. But yep. often when they do it, uh, they'll just say someone broke in yeah, and Poirot shadowy. couldn't see their face. Yeah, or in the TV yeah, show right. when they do it, yeah, it's just like someone in a dark costume. And yep. only when he does the reveal at the end, that person just happens to turn to the camera for one second and you see their face in their black outfit. That, that's sort of how they do yeah, the reveal. Yeah. But in this one, he was named early on. So, you know, oh, that guy's the... The crook but unless that was a red herring yeah well it could have been he could have been like oh actually i'm a really good guy and i was searching for this thing for i was i'd hidden yeah. my we, the wedding Someone ring said they'd poisoned your yeah. pillow i was gonna i was gonna ask sarah to marry me and i'd hidden this the ring in this room i didn't realize you were gonna stay here yeah. so i was looking for it right yeah that's, there, there that's could be true. something like that but this time it was you know more straightforward yeah i like
1: when those i'm I'm thinking of at least one episode, but then maybe it was another, where it was someone in disguise the whole time turned out to be two characters, including the the murderer, that I remember thinking, watching it, I'm like, is this bad wardrobe? Because <laughs> there, there's something a bit odd about the way this character uh, looks, oh, but, but in my head I'm like, is this just like low-budget 80s yeah, TV? Yeah. or is it, it did turn out it was two yeah. people. <laughs> and you go,
2: oh... <laughs> yeah, I should have I should have gone with my gut, but you know, I thought, oh yeah, they've just done a bad job there. <laughs> uh, this one's actually been adapted as it's called the Theft of the Royal Ruby in uh, the the TV series in, right. in series three. So, so you might have seen it, Matt. And they do apparently change some of the characters. I didn't want to rewatch it in case it sort of confused me. Right, but I will now. I'm going to rewatch it yeah, again now. Right, yeah. I what what season? Season three. Yeah. Oh, maybe it's coming up. Perfect episode nine. Yeah. I'll be i inter- interested to watch it back now to see how how close it was. I've
1: been watching it uh, with a friend's borrowed DVD collection, so it's <laughs> it's um it's an effort to get it going because the DVD got a <laughs> plug DVD, in the DVD but, Yeah, it's the yeah. only reason. How archaic! <laughs> uh, but I just saw an ad on daytime TV the other day for a, a like a streaming service that looks like it's a, exclusively Christie. What? And it's like six ninety nine a month. I'm like, maybe I just subscribe for a couple of months. Is it called
2: Acorn it TV? It is called Acorn. TV. They are a sponsor Acorn of this TV. show. Oh, oh, really? Perfect. <laughs> they are. Yeah. Really? <laughs> they honestly are. Yeah. I'm, oh well, maybe I'll use your code then. Uh, uh, and I actually, I do have Acorn TV, and I've been watching, rewatching them on there. Oh, uh, great! They're, a lot of the because uh... there was Miss Marple, and also oh, there's so many Miss good Maples. ones. Yeah, Miss Marple. Marple. And there's all the, you know, even Broadchurch and more modern. Right. A lot of
1: mysteries are on there. Why Acorn? Is that a reference to something?
2: I'm not sure why they're called Acorn TV.
1: But it is all sort of British mystery stuff. Well,
2: they've got stuff from all around the world. Okay. I'll tell you that. But, uh, (laughs) but, you know, uh, a lot of their, you know, there's Midsummer Murders. This is starting to sound like one of those dodgily (laughs) scripted,
1: um, like, life insurance ads where they can't act. But they're sort of... (laughs) You're going oh, you know what i have been thinking about our son and what what would happen if we died we yeah. really need to get
0: you know you should do w- w- one
1: important thing and get real un- yeah it's, those are the worst ads is it on They're purpose so are they like the, is that the idea is that they well you remember it don't you yeah that's, Yeah, i guess maybe. it stands out so much that the acting is just so off <laughs> and the, it's the two most awkward uh, two hander uh, scenarios Yeah. Uh, those ads and award ceremony presenters <laughs> oh. who come out and yes. do this written banter it's, yeah written banter is the worst it's it sucks it's hard work isn't yeah. it yeah yeah it's what well, be it's almost impossible to nail you re- nearly never see anyone pull it off and including like Unless, Legends of the Screen.
0: Unless you're making fun of it, unless you, yeah.
1: unless you.
2: It's funny at, at the Oscars, you have two Oscar winners up there, <laughs> and you're like, can can't I get it right? Yeah. Uh, well, that is the basically the end of the the show. Do you have any thoughts or feelings? Did you feel like it was a satisfying mystery, or was it? It had, felt like I, it
0: came to an abrupt end. It felt it, it.
1: Yeah, it felt like we were getting right into the meat of it, and it was. Yeah. And then this far was, was like. I'll solve it now. Yeah, <laughs> this is a uh, a shorter one, right?
2: Uh, for for the Christmas. There was a feeling.
1: couple of bits where it felt like, oh, that just feels like a bit of a leap or something, and I mean the having putting a thing to cover her wrist so that her pulse wouldn't show through and stuff like that. Kind of hate, hate those sort of details. Or And earlier he was given a fake ruby as well. Those sort of things are like, mm.
2: Yeah, it's, it's yep. always annoying when it's like, and it, the murderer was a character you haven't met yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh.
0: It always never feels does like, that though, right? it's like no. cheating. Mm. Doctor Who was a lot like that, and I feel like the Benedict Cumberbatch um, uh, Sherlock Holmes is kind of like that too. Right. Because they're written in a way that you you couldn't possibly you don't have all the information right and so they can it's like it's it's a a cheat way to make it seem like it's it's like ch- cheating good writing because you can you can do a reveal that isn't really a reveal because it that it's it's just not it's.
2: Yeah, it, was, it was always the most satisfying when you go, Ah, oh, that's clever. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. clever. Which yeah. I felt like there was, there was,
1: it was kind of like that. Like, she'd laid out a lot of it. but Yeah, yeah you want to be able to feel, like
2: feel like you could have put it you together. You could have put it together, but you probably didn't because it's really, really, you know, and I, really clever.
1: I try, like, part of me, my brain is trying to figure it out, but the other part is like, just shut up and enjoy it. Yeah, because yeah. the other thing
0: is you don't want it to be spelled out enough that you... Just it just you you don't want to figure it out. Yeah. You want to feel like you could have figured it yeah. out if you'd really thought of it. I that. think
2: that Agatha Christie actually suffered from a bit of that when she first started. She was at the forefront. She's like created a lot of these tropes and things like that. And by the time she's because this is forty years after, and then the final one came out fifteen years after this. Right, so right. It's There's a fifty year gap, and she had to start saying like people started criticizing, being like, "Oh, that one was a bit obvious," and she'd be like, "Well, you know, people have gotten a lot better at working things <laughs> out. They understand like." A lot more has yeah. been done now, so it's just it's harder to keep surprising people for right. like five, yeah. six decades. You're yeah. looking
1: for all the little clues, and yeah. trying to put it but together. But this one, I, I mean, are people cracking this code? It feels like it was no. How would you have known? Oh, yeah, I reckon obviously that girl is just pretending to be dead, and she's got a thing covering her. her yeah, list.
2: yeah,
0: that's something that you couldn't have.
2: No, got, but I was, like... I was sort of hoping because I was a bit shocked. Yeah, like, oh no, one of the teenage girls. Because that was dead, like, so
1: well, how did this murder happen? And so, yeah, that was the kind of thing when afterwards you're like, "There's no time for that murder to have happened." And why was the ruby there yeah. So it, it didn't really make any sense. Yeah. But then, so that's why. If she did die, you'd be like, "That's weird." yeah yeah, yeah. So, so then you go oh yeah it was weird and that's why she wasn't actually dead so it
2: sort of is and also for the Chris- christmas special you're kind of like oh thank god she's alive <laughs> thank yeah. god that child didn't yeah, die this was nice. <laughs> up with a brutal murder yeah, yeah she could end up kissing the 60 or seven year old detective at the end <laughs> instead i imagine it must have been on the cheek but yeah it still seems a bit funny
1: Come on, Agatha. Well, that's the thing with Agatha. She's like, hey, well, come on, give us a break. What has changed over the that's last right. 50 or 60 years? <laughs> can't give up. I <laughs> can't, can't give up. Oh, teenagers can't make out with old Belgian <laughs> detectives anymore. Oh, Back
2: in my day. Um, uh, the only thing left to do is to give it a score out of five, guys. What do you, ah, do oh, you I, think? I, I really enjoyed it. Uh,
1: Tandy having Suchet to picture in my head as we go along. <laughs> yeah, isn't it? yeah. Um, I'm going to say, out, out of five, you say? Out of five. I'm going to say
2: a 4.3. 4.3 out of five. Love how specific that is. Thank you. <laughs> is
1: that too specific? No, it's great. I'll say four
2: otherwise. No, 4.3. Evan? <laughs> I'll give it an even four. four which is also what I'm going to give it because there was plenty of stuff in there and there's little funny bits of, you know, Pyro's character, of, <laughs> you know, obsessed with being comfortable with heating and <laughs> yeah. stuff. Like. It's just so specific with things. It's a sitcom <laughs> at the start. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> and yeah, then by funny. the end you're like, you know, it could be a murder mystery, but then it wasn't. So, yeah,
0: it was a, it was a bit convoluted, though. Yes. When you think
1: it. I mean, a lot There's of things like getting him there. Yeah, why the prince and stuff? I would have much preferred it if it was some someone's like, oh, this is all I have. This ruby, I needed to yeah. get my kids through school. Yeah, like <laughs> a family heirloom or something. Oh, well, this is a rich person who's lost one of their many valuable things. It, it won't affect was, him yeah. in any way, it apart from be, embarrass yeah. in, it'd a embarrassing, It'll be
2: embarrassing, you yeah. understand. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, and then it'll feel like he's, Proro is doing it, you know, as a, as a kindness or something, yeah. rather than as like, to get a oh, cat. I guess I'll do it because there's heating. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I presume he's been getting paid as well. Yeah. So
1: is, this, is it uh, common for neither of Jap or Hastings or uh, his... Uh, assistant
2: what's her name yeah uh, Miss or Miss LeMond. Lemon <laughs> with a who's with Hastings
1: a f- Hastings is sort of like his friend that uses a device in the series at least where it helps Pyro kind of explain things because Hastings is a bit daft yeah he's a bit of a,
2: a, oh, a right. psychic and you know he, uh, the actor that plays him Hugh Fraser reads the audio books oh beautiful oh. voice amazing he's so <laughs> uh, good he's my i'd voice but I, say. I think I say <clears> out of throat> about throat> uh, 25 novels or something I think Hastings only appears in seven or eight in the oh, written right. ones. So he's not
0: there every time. Yeah. Right. Just when they need to do some exposition. Yeah. Explain it to somebody. But what about Miss Le Mans?
2: A uh, similar sort of thing. Yeah, They're just right. there sometimes and then, um, uh, but they all come back for the final one curtain. Oh, is, like Seinfeld. Yeah, which is kind of wraps rap, <laughs> it all. Yeah, exactly. Like <laughs> That's a big trial. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. finishes with Poirot yeah. in jail, solving
1: a jail time mystery. That would be good. Yeah, that'd be that would be great.
2: actually
0: makes more sense than the Seinfeld. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well.
2: Yeah. <laughs> 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 well, thank you so much for joining me on the Christmas special, which this is uh, the last episode of the year, so I appreciate Aww. you being on it.
0: Thanks, for the, so, thanks so much thanks for you so having much. me. And we're going to have a little a break
2: uh, from BookCheat for a little while. I'm going to come back the first Tuesday in February 2021, Aww. which gives me a little bit of ch- uh, time over... Christmas and January to read some bigger books. Yes. Finally going to do war, war and Peace. That's finally. <laughs> that's right. All 280 characters or whatever it is. Jesus. Oh, it's so, so many. Uh, um, literally... I'm like, what is it, a tweet? <laughs>
1: <laughs> very good. Very good. There's like uh, uh,
2: literally uh, maps at the back of family trees and sort of things. It's right. uh, quite quite confusing.
0: Is it any good? Do you know if it's any good?
2: Apparently incredible. Oh, right. Okay. Worthwhile. Worth all the Yeah, but I think it would be hard reading. for a podcast. <laughs> So maybe um, I'll just read it in my own time. Okay. But uh, your stuff will, I imagine, continue to rock and roll out into the future, and people can obviously catch up on older episodes. Yeah. You've got a couple more left at this stage in the Umbrella Academy Prime. special. Yeah, and, special. and
1: we're finally, because we're allowed to have, uh, as we have today, have three people in the studio. So we're having our first guest of the uh, Umbrella Academy season. We're having Cass Page in for the last couple episodes. Oh, awesome. Yeah. From uh, Sans Pants. Looking forward to that. And she was on the original Umbrella Academy episode oh, a year yes. or so back. So, uh, yeah, really looking forward to that. Um, and Do Go On, for people who don't know Do Go On, it's it's very much uh, a similar show to Book Cheat. Instead of a fictional book that Dave reads, though Dave or I or Jess, the other host, uh, will tell a, a real story, usually from a historical event or a biography or um, it could be all sorts of things. Yeah, many, Mystery, many things. Uh, serial killer episodes, so there's all sorts of stuff. And um, it's just as fun as this.
2: It's great fun. Sorry to it.
1: big it up. It's almost as fun as this. Thank
2: you. <laughs> uh, and Evan, gamey, gamey, game. Yes. Your fantastic uh, show on the uh, stupid old channel on YouTube.
0: Yeah, on YouTube. It's uh, it's one you have to look at. You've got to watch it. Sorry, Matt. You can't just use your ears for that. No, you actually, could. there is a podcast version, so you could just listen to it if you really... <laughs> just want to use the ears. Um, yeah, just go to YouTube and search for uh, Gamey Gamey Game or gaming Game or, you know, any sort of combination of those words or probably.
2: Game, game, gamey. Do you think and, that works? And, oh, maybe.
0: I reckon you could, you could, you could try it. We'll anyway. Try it now. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's just a, 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 a funny chat panel show about video games. Nothing, nothing too serious. Um, has a lot, of, uh, a lot of people that are familiar with the Do Go On and sort of Weekly Planet sort of a, a network. Yeah, yeah, that's would, right. Would Many people with. you would
2: have heard on Book Cheat as well. Yeah, yeah like Ben
0: Russell's a regular, um, Naomi Higgins. But of course, Matt's been on, uh, and you've been on Dave on occasion.
2: That's right. I'm ready to talk about uh, the 2012
0: video <laughs> game. <laughs> mm. um, yeah, we've got a Christmas. We've, we've sort of haven't been doing as much this year because of lockdown. But we're we're doing a Christmas special. Um, so that's going to be a lot of fun. And then we will also be back sort of towards the end of January ish or in the sameish
1: time as this comes back.
2: so Is
1: there an Agatha Christie or Poirot-type video game? Do you know oh, that there.
2: there is? On Nintendo Switch, it just came out. Oh, yeah, right. wow. Evan, there you the, go. The ABC Murders, and I believe that the uh, Belt Detective is voiced by David Suchet himself oh, really? in the video game. So I've put my wow. name <laughs> down. I put that on a couple of Christmas <laughs> wish lists. So you i really end up on hoping... a couple of yeah, copies of yeah, it. Yeah. Were... <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So I'm really hoping I'll keep everyone posted if I hopefully get that for Christmas. It's great. I haven't put down a game on a Christmas list for a long time. Something yeah, so. right. Oh, fun. That's
1: uh, I watched the maybe John Malkovich version. Yeah, of that they version. did a much darker yeah. adaptation. Yes. There's been a lot of grim Christy BBC versions in recent times. Super grim. Watch them if you feel like getting bummed out.
2: Yeah, that's right. And uh, just to confirm, if you Google Game Game Gaming, you will get Gamey gamey. Right. Game. So just, just so you know, Evan. There you go. Any
0: combination of those right. words. It'll as long work. as there's a gamey in there yeah. and a game, I suppose. Um yeah, go check it out. It's a lot of fun. It's a of fun show. Even if you don't like video games, you'll probably you probably might enjoy it. Probably might Maybe.
2: Yeah, I think you definitely we'll will any promises. It is a lot of fun with a lot of <laughs> fun people on there So it's great uh, And thank you so much again for joining me And until next year I will say Merry Christmas and Books forever Books forever, Books forever. Woo! <laughs> Oh god Hey, book cheaters, just Dave here. The book chook dropping in very quickly at the end of the episode to thank you for listening to it. There it is, the final one for 2020. We got there. What a weird year it's been, but I'm really glad that I've had this podcast to pretty consistently come out. You know, I've been able to escape by reading the books and then also just having the guests. uh, You know, we had to do a lot of it over Zoom this year, um, but you know, it's still a lot of fun to hang out with those people, make the show, and then put it out and then. it's nice to hear from you guys at home as well so i hope you've enjoyed it this year uh we will be back i say we it's me i'll be back at the start of february with a, a new year of a uh, book cheat usually like to take uh yeah the december and january month to read a bit more get ahead a bit so it's not coming down to the wire like i'm reading it on uh you know <laughs> Uh, Monday afternoon, writing it on a Monday night, recording it Tuesday morning, putting it out like I have been uh, the last couple of times. So I'll get a bit ahead, have a bit of a break too. And don't forget, you can always suggest a book for me to cover by uh, clicking the link in the description of this episode and then I'll give you a shout out when I get to it. And speaking of shout outs, I've nearly caught up on all of the Patreon shout outs. Anyone that supports the show on uh, Patreon, patreon.com slash do go on pod Thank you so much for doing so. It really keeps the show going. You've also, uh, this year, I've been shouting out to people's favourite books. And uh, I've only got one more to go for this year. And then next year, if you are a patron or a Patreon supporter, keep your eyes peeled because I'll be having a new system, be posting a new link on Patreon and in the Facebook group. So it's a little bit easier for me to keep track of anyone who does want to shout out. Basically, if you support the show on Patreon, it keeps it going. I can keep it coming out uh, throughout the year. And you're also supporting Do Go On, Matt's show that we talked about, Primates. He's got another music one called Listen Now. And our Patreon-only show, Phrasing the Bar, because we put out that. And two other bonus episodes every month for uh, people that support the show on Patreon. So if you want to chuck in a couple of bucks, that would be awesome. And the one person to thank. And a big, big thank you to Aaron Romero. Really appreciate your support, Aaron. It's all about you today. Usually I thank five or six people, but you're the last one, last cab off the rank. So this is your moment. And I'm going to say thank you so much. And uh, Aaron's written in, hello, Dave. I usually get people, I should say, to say their favorite book. So Aaron's written in, hello. My favorite book is The Lord of the Rings. I was introduced to Lord of the Rings when the first movie came out and read the entire series in a week or two. Wow, that's good effort. I've always loved Tolkien's stories, characters, and world building. Here's to the book chooks. Books forever. Awesome. Thanks so much, Aaron. Really appreciate your support. And one more time, if you are a supporter of the show on Patreon, keep your eyes peeled. I'll be putting out a uh, a new way of, uh, of getting a shout out early in the new year. But yeah, that's it. Quick one this week at the end. Thank you so much again to Evan and Matt for coming on the show. And to every guest we've had this year, everyone who's listened to the show, I really do appreciate it. And uh, until next year, I'm going to say it one last time, and that is, of course, books forever. Have a great new year. Thanks, everyone.
1: This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network.
0: Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. I mean, if you want. It's, It's up to you.